0: Oh So we we're gonna to get to it, man. Again, thanks uh, for stopping in, Stewie. It's been a while, the guys out there. It's gonna be nah, Stewie, good. Stewie Bryant, uh, you're, you're current. What part of Australia you're currently in right now? South Australia. South. So we got the Stewie coming in, South Australia. You guys who don't know Stewie, we you've been in the game for a while, you guys know Stewie, man. You know you've been all around the game. You're uh, you're kind of like the grassroots, the grassroots spokesman. Who <laughs> who. Who, who who is a pro? A pro this guy's a pro driver, but he, he doesn't want that moniker. He don't care about it. So, you know. Well, I, mean? th- I
1: think I think the amateur kind of won. The amateur kind of, like it's, it seems to be like you know yeah, it just seems more of an enjoyable title yeah. really because I mean, um yeah so
0: yeah so you've been you've been around for a while man and it's, it's it's weird that you know guys like you, I know many I know a lot of guys like you man that um you got hella skills crazy you got your own style it's definitely your style and you got so many other guys who chased that you know I, mean, I was one of those dudes too who chased that pro thing and then when i actually finally got my pro license i'm like man this shit is not really what it's all cracked up to be and uh it's yeah just, yeah man so well like, i
1: think i think like you know a lot of people kind of get lost in, in doing that because you know like at the end of the day you know i always say to people you know this, this there's not too many people making a living out of this sport right. at least you know at a level where you know so at the end of the day even those guys you have to be in fun because there's a lot more thing. the amount of effort that those guys put in to get where they are they put that same amount of effort into almost any other business adventure yeah. business venture it would they'd they'd, they'd make a lot more money right. so what you realize is that to be involved in this sport means essentially to be taking uh, you have to be doing it for fun yeah there has to be a lot of enjoyment that comes out of it because otherwise, you're basically sacrificing it. Because yeah. you put this much energy into something, um, you have to, you know, at best you might get some sponsorship out or or some money, or or you might, if you're lucky enough to make a living out of it. Yeah. But you're still you're still taking a sacrifice. So you, you have to get enjoyment out of the sport as well. Yeah. And so I've always said to people, I said you've got to find that balance where you know you're you you're still enjoying it because there's so many people out there where They spend so much time trying to get sponsors and this and that it becomes less enjoyable in fact to the point where they're not enjoying it anymore and they think well but if i could just start making some money out of it could do this and whatever and in the end they spend so much money to get sponsors because you know like when you're having to do certain events and and the car's meant to be at a certain level and this and that you spend so much money just to get a little bit money back from sponsors and you don't enjoy it so realistically no wonder a lot of these people just be like Fuck this, I'm out of it. Because yeah. um, it makes no sense. You've basically you're spending all this money, you're getting a little bit of money back and you're not enjoying it anymore. The the returns just don't exist anymore. So for me I've I've kind of always said, you know what, I have to be enjoying it and if people are willing to support me here and there, you know, if they make good products, I'm happy to, you know, support them, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, I'm better off just doing it my way, yeah, spending a whole lot less on it. And doing the things I wanna do. Mm. And that's why I've never I've never been in that position where I'm like, you know, screw this sport, I'm you know, I'm over it. I've never been in that position. because mm. uh, i 'cause I've I've just I've never I've never run it in a way where I get worn out from trying to chase something like that. You know, the only thing I chase is is I do want to be better. I'm I'm one of the most competitive people, but it's it's a personal kind of thing. Like, I wanna I wanna be able to do that crazy shit. I wanna do that line. You know, with mm. Manami, when I first did Manami back back in 2009, or 2010 or whatever it was, I'm like, I just wanted to do it and I wanted to be a nail, I wanted to be able to do it fast, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that right. was a goal I had, but it wasn't, I need to be out there making this much money, I need to have this many likes or whatever. It's just, mm. I, those are the achievements which I was chasing and I chased yeah. them really aggressively, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you just like went away, man. But that's, again, what's one of the things that I, uh, I admired the most about you, man, because like I said before, you, you, i i seen you going after because 2009 was 2009 was my first matsutti and i think that's where i met i think we didn't meet that time i think it was uh no
1: i think it was i think it was was it did you go to the spring 2010
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah that's what we would have met i'm pretty sure it was the first time because i remember seeing you rock up and all the pink and stuff like that and i'm like because you know (laughs) like when i saw you get out of the car i'm like oh not what I expected. Yeah. It's, pink. <laughs> <laughs> it's pink. What was it? What was
0: it? 180 or something like that? Yeah, I had a 30. Well, yeah, it definitely was the second year because the second year I had my R33 with the, with the it had the, uh no, no, no. It was the, I had a white Sylvia and I painted the bottom pink and I bought it from Andy and it had like that's pink probably, yeah, it yeah. Had pink wheels. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, yes. that's when I met CC, I met uh, Ducker I met all those guys. I met all those guys, yeah. man, and it was a nice little run and I, I definitely get into that a little bit later with me, but yeah. and you guys just all like kinda got your feel and like disappeared because it changed and um I actually yeah. I stayed away I live I live five hours away and I stayed away for six years, man. Before I went back and then when I went back I'm like ah this is why I stayed away. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think we probably agree <laughs> on a lot of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think last time I was there was two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a two-year break for me. Mm. And I came back and I was like, I, I enjoyed it. A lot of the stuff I was doing was tying up loose ends, I had some cars there and stuff, such and such. Right. So I had to kind of come over anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I definitely was like, yeah, this is probably one of the last times. I mean, I'll, I'll go there, but it. I don't have that need to go there like right. I did in the early days. I mean, yeah. those those first few trips were just – you know, so special. I was like, yeah. like, how can I not do this? And then yeah. just got to a point where I was like, Oh, like it's just different. And, it, it, and it's, it's not nobody's fault. It's just things right. that how, how it goes a lot of time.
0: It seemed like it got, cause well, I guess when you go there for, you go there enough times, you, you, it's like the first time you're there and your mind is exploding at all the tracks and all the, 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 the track time. And it's, it's, it's like an orgasmic environment. But then it, 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 I think I blame G1GP to be honest. Cause G1GP started out as something that was friendly. And then it became like a like this is my this is my stepping stone to get D one street legal license. Oh me? yeah, hundred percent. And, it, oh, and, and it, I I just seen that going down and guys' attitude because again I always bring you guys up uh, yourself Pickering uh CC because it was like a fun time man and that you guys were all badass drifters and didn't take yourselves seriously. Then these new group new guys came in and they just kind of like. I I told us, I told Anton one day, Anton kind of spoke up for me because he was like one of the last guys to come there. And, uh, and then of course, you know, Alex, he kind of like, he didn't go there anymore. And, uh, I went down there to a group of guys that was in front of Andy's garage and they were like New Zealand, Australian mix. And I got out the car and, you know, I was like, you know, I spoke to the, this is when Andy and those guys moved down to the, I guess the bottom part and the, yes. the top, their top yeah, shop yeah, yeah. became like, uh, yes,
1: this is, this is, yeah. Yeah. Down to we like K style yeah, kind yeah. of moved to yeah
0: so, that, so yeah or so no my, they moved yeah yeah well I, no, I guess they were sent up to the office but it was it changed from when we first met and were there to like more of a it just like it was just weird man the environment was weird the guy the way the guys were acting was weird and I kind of gave Andy a, a wave and I, I didn't come back there the rest of the rest of the two days because you know they're his customers but they were kind of being they were being dicks man. And I, you
1: know, yeah. like, I, oh, I didn't, look, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, look, yeah, there's, I, I know it's you try and because you, you know you try and keep the vibe positive and stuff like that. Yeah. But at certain stage, you you gotta be, you gotta say, look, it just wasn't the way it was. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the same thing. I was like, first trip. I mean, I, I can't thank Andy and him enough. I mean, the first trip I was, uh, I rocked up a, a month earlier and literally just rocked up in a, um, in our cars and we had no plans. we just like, going we could get to Ebisu. I actually had um, because um, uh, me and DJ, um, do you remember DJ? D- was the guy with the the dreads and stuff like that. Uh, um, he hasn't been back. Uh, we, he's been back once uh, once since. But so we we've been living, we've been living down in uh, in in Hukuba and mm. uh, working the snow and stuff like that. And we both had cars, and we just drove up. Right. Like a month before the Matsuri, and it was still snowing. you
0: had the laurel or you had the? No, nah,
1: uh, I, Se- I, I had an RB twenty six T seventy eight full uh, like drag setup RP two, which I would bought down in Kagoshima. I yeah. mean that is a story in itself. But yeah. Um, I'd I'd got that, and I'd so I'd, I'd had that in um in Hakuba, in the snow. Mm. So you can imagine it's a pretty practical car to have in the yeah, snow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then so we kind of went, came up to Ebisu, and what would happen is I'd actually um. I actually broke the clutch fork, and I, and I couldn't get it repaired. So I actually drove it from Hakuba to Ebisu which is—I don't know—it took us about twenty to thirty hours or something yeah. like that of a drive. It was pretty long, just purely because we're getting lost, taking a lot of back roads, mm-hmm. you know. This, um, and we drove—I drove all the way there without a clutch, <laughs> just starting it, <you> know, <laughs> starting yep, on, yep, the, yep, on yep. the starter motor, <laughs> you know, shifting. Yeah, and and I and I got there. And the plan was I will get it there. Uh, I could probably get um, you know K style or um, or Agent K or, um, or or somebody to fix it while I was there. I, I could be able to fix myself or whatever. So I will get it to Ebisu. So I got it to Ebisu, and um, and then decided you know I'll change it myself or me and DJ will change it. And you know we were sitting. In, I was sitting in the snow, like literally down down the Togaya car park. Mm. I was sitting in the snow, and Andy had lent, Andy and Emma had let me their tools. Um, just absolute legends. They, you know, they'd helped us the whole thing. I mean, we we were sleeping in our cars uh, on the side of the road next to Ebisu. Mm. Um, not even in the car park because we right. didn't want to, you know, didn't want to kind of be sleeping in the car park at Ebisu. We thought we'll drive down, and we went to like a little um, pass um off, off the off the road and we were sleeping in our cars there and I remember them coming up to us and saying Look you know there's a free hall across the road yeah, you yeah. can sleep in <laughs> Well like, All right sweet. So yeah. we were just bumming in that for a for a month and um and and the vibe was so good, you know, like like I said, Andy and M, you know, had us in their house and you know um you know and that was, you know, obviously when I met Krista Jager as well. Mm-hmm. And um so the Vi was so good to begin with. They lent us all the, uh, the tools and we were idiots. Like, I mean, we were doing everything wrong just because cause we didn't know, you know. Mm-hmm. And we, we spent a week changing that gearbox uh, to <laughs> take all the gearbox out to change the clutch fork. And we're, I'm going in every day, paying to go into Ebisu mm-hmm. and sitting on sitting in snow with no tools and working on it each day. And it took a, it took a week for us to, to, to do it. Oh, under shit. the car all day in snow. Uh, it was absolute chaos. But, yeah, like, uh, it was just – and then, obviously, that first one, there was such a positive vibe because, I mean, realistically, there weren't that many people. Right. Um, you know, small numbers, and there's this really good vibe because it was like f- that – I don't know if you remember, there was 500 cars, 500 cars total. that one. It was one of the biggest ones they'd had mm. ever seen. Uh, sorry, Matt, series. And there was only, you know, a, f- a few kind of guys in. And, it, yeah, you're right. It was such a positive vibe. I think what happened was, look, you know, we, we – the thing is we kind of went away and and tried to blow it up as much as we could mm-hmm. because, you know, like they wanted more white people there coming over and kind <laughs> yeah. of, you know, and experiencing ever and We thought, mm-hmm. you know, this is such an amazing place. So, you know, I, I mean, I spent hours and hours every week, you know, going through getting people there for the next few events. Yeah. You guys are um,
0: definitely, the, I mean, no doubt about it, man. It was, you guys are the pioneers because, again, you were the first, you were the first guys that came there. You were the first group of guys I met, so you guys, it was a great, because uh, generally like, you, if you meet somebody for the first time and you, and you guys, your attitude, I'm like, you guys are fucking pretty much like a crazy Americans. Like, you guys are fitting right in Texas part fine, because like, you guys yeah. have a Texas, you have a, because Texas, you know, is American, but Texas is like they like their own people, man. Like they they're not like yeah. any other state. They're huge. Yeah, we're, we're, I, I kind of <laughs> think like
1: Texans and Australians. Yeah, uh, yeah. Texans and Australians with less of the gun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's pretty much that's yeah. pretty much what the Australians are. Yeah, a little, bit, uh, a little bit less religion, a little bit less guns, but the yeah. rest is is pretty similar.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. But um. But uh. Yeah. So I I I think like it was. It was really, really, really relaxed. But I think mm-hmm. at a certain stage, you know, like we, we kind of went away. There were guys, And there were guys, um, there were a few Aussie trips in 2009 and, and some before. But I think they, you know, that's when it all started kicking off. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few groups. But then, um, you know, the videos helped a lot, yeah. you know, putting videos out and really being those guys, to people that wanted to go there. Because, you know, the, re- the reason why there wasn't as many Americans going over there originally or whatever was because there were no real pioneers going over there like right. they're at least you know even on my situation although I didn't we didn't really ask anybody but you know I probably could have gone to like Aussie or or a few other guys and, and asked a few more questions about it because they'd been over just you know the, the match through before but by the time that they'd gone over we'd gone over um there were enough people where you know it felt like oh you can do this Mm-hmm. it's possible to do this and i think the only reason why there weren't more americans that were, or from or people from other countries that went over is because they just there wasn't like they'd look at aussies and I, I remember even talking to americans and them being like oh yeah but you guys are such a short trip and like that was their excuse for not coming over and i'm like that's not really much of the problem about it at yeah. all. Like,
2: <laughs> you know yeah. you're,
1: you're it's <laughs> the that's the least of your worries when you come into japan is how long the flight is yeah um but I think it's just that kind of pioneer thing where it's like, oh, like those guys went over, yeah. Oh, we can go over there, and then we can even ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what it was. is a lot of people from that two, the early 2010 trip, were answering a lot of questions, and a lot of people that wanted to go. So it blew up. Um, mm-hmm. And the when I went over there again in um, in the autumn Matsuri, which was the end of the year there. Um, uh it was it's just a whole different environment you know right. there were so many more people running around and and, and doing stuff and yeah, and you could and tell that, straight away when i went to see Andy <laughs> it were, wasn't that same warm vibe right. because they were run off their feet you yeah. know they couldn't spend any time sitting and chatting yeah. um and so you kind of realized the dynamic had changed i mean it was still like i, I still that was a great matsuri as well mm. uh but you could see the dynamic changed right. with, with just over time you've got so many people coming and then the problem with that is the more people coming there, the harder it is to keep everybody in check. Right. You know, like if in a small group, you know, if somebody did something dumb, everyone would just grill them. But it was so hard to do that when you've got hundreds of people there now. Yeah. Um, you know, where even if it's even if somebody say 60 drivers, you know, by the time you have mates and stuff there, you might have over 100 uh, guys in there and, you know, a bunch of them were not following the rules. It becomes too yeah. hard. And then that starts leading to, you know, fuck these guys, you know, stop. You know and so the whole vibe changed and you know the rules started and look i'm not going to sit here and say i was innocent I obviously <laughs> yeah because
0: always... we, we were shooting roman candles on driftland yeah. <laughs> with, with uh jay's <laughs> ass out the window but it but it, it's still <laughs> even doing that man it was like it was contained it was on the track and and it was like you know even samika was there and it was like cool they're on the track they're drifting they're just having fun but it was it was like uh you guys weren't nobody was because the thing what happened was guys were taking like i guess missiles and driving into town because you know it's the 7-11 and all that stuff is uh, down yeah. there and that's yeah. what really and uh, in, in,
1: you know yeah, and, and look, i'll take i'll yeah. take responsibility for that um, <laughs> oh you guys did it was uh, <laughs> yeah so there's a great picture i'll send it through so you can put uh, it up i mean look it's for it's on my proudest um yeah. well you're not talking like about the one,
0: the one at the gas station are you
1: Oh yeah, so I had yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got yeah, yeah. So I've got that picture yeah. there. Also got a picture. Uh, there's there's also a picture like Jay and stuff took. Yeah. Of, of I was picking them up from Denny's on I think the Sunday morning of the mat series, and I pick them up in the car park, and yeah, look. I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, I was I was you know that was ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think I think it's the intent. You know, like I don't think we didn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes you do think you can get away with anything there, and on reflection, you're like, "All right." I mean, I think the thing is, I don't mind taking those risks as long as it's the risk of me copping shit, right. or it's me getting in trouble or whatever. I, the only time I kind of regret this shit is when I'm like, "All right, did I contribute to it making it harder?" Even, well, even and that's, back
0: that's, then, <laughs> even back then it wasn't like I mean, you went. You, I didn't know you ever went in town with a missile, but like this was, this was when I'm talking about was like maybe 2000. 14 15 like this was like you know i'm talking about yeah. like the later years we were like you stopped going by then i didn't i was mia and uh so this was like a new crowd that got the next generation and they were like getting really they were going down to like you know deep in town with no you Well, know, hang
1: like, on i should say i should say I, mom was registered
0: yeah, so you're, so, so you're, so, but you're, as plate, you're yeah, plate, yeah. so mine
1: was actually, mine was actually registered. Okay, like, okay, so, yeah, so you're, so, so you're yeah. good,
0: you're not, you're not in that group, because I'm talking about the guys who were taking straight, unregistered. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. think
1: about that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that, that's obviously a whole different. Yeah, yeah that's what or, I mean, yeah, or, yeah those guys were taking. Was, uh, mine was registered, because mine was, uh, mm-hmm. basically, that was my street car, yeah. which I was, talking <laughs> about <laughs> having it in, and stuff like that, and then, and, and in the end it was like all right this is the last time this is yeah. the last raft of this car so yeah. you know we had been drifting it for a while and then i was like when it got to ebisu it yeah. was like all right cool <laughs> drifted for a bit and then when matsuri came along it was like it was gone on a truck on monday yeah. so i bet, I we bet were some
0: like, of the some of the looks you guys are getting while driving in town with that car was like probably like japanese just like what the fuck is that
1: yeah but you know as a <laughs> white dude i'm kind of used to it in japan yeah, right. yeah that's <laughs> you true. know like um so you know i'm kind of used to getting looks everywhere I, I went in that car but um but yeah so i mean like i said that was i mean i guess technically i mean you know like it was defectable or whatever but it was mm-hmm. still and legal. so I, I wouldn't have done it without i think that's you know that, that's taken the piss um you know especially you know so yeah
0: yeah so good man so like and then i mean one of the things too like besides you know the, the whole drifting thing man is like i didn't I don't know if you were, like, heavily involved in it at the time, man. But it seemed like you just became, like, a, a connoisseur of, like, uh, suspension geometry setups, man. Like, if if, we, if you type a suspension anything online, dude, your name is – you're going to chime in you probably don't do it as much yeah. now because like i know dude like you would get in these facebook wars with people dude and like you <laughs> you're well just you know right- well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well the, <laughs> the irony is it kind of started more with um it started more with like suspension and stuff and i yeah. can't actually get into arguments like straighter and stuff like that mm-hmm. um more with like you know it is, it's kind of funny but like back when i was like really really young like i was really into suspension mm. um geometry and uh getting all that kind of you know more rear end grip and stuff like that and that was more my focus back then so I get really into like valving and 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 you know correcting the geometry for that kind of thing and I kind of get it like I get into arguments with Streeter um over like you know he would be like yeah running things low and stuff like that and I'd be like nah but it's not optimal I was that kind of I was that guy yeah. back then and I look back and I think how times have changed because you know if you look at my laurel like it's it's just land on its ass um but, you know, I, I, that's kind of where it started and I moved from the kind of rear end more to the, to the front end because, I mean, even now, I, I kind of find that like, you know, a lot of people ask me why I do more rear end stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and in my head it's like, you know, grip's you know, grips good, obviously, it's, it's you know, for, for the rear end is the way it's good but I think for me, the further I go along, like a drift for me is, is enjoyable, like it's, mm-hmm. it's about the enjoyment um, and the thrill and stuff like that and the front end is obviously if you can make a front end do some crazy shit and this isn't just like oh it's a cut and shut setup you know or you know it's the stuff that I can make these cars do is so insane and even to me who's been driving these setups for, for you know many many years yeah. I still get in these cars now and I tr- change something like what the fuck like it's yeah. it's and it's enjoyable to make it so quantifiable you can you can you can be like wow like you, you can you can be backwards at over 150 k an hour. Get on the pedal, and smoke's going everywhere, and mm-hmm. it's you know not spinning. It's pulling you through the corner. Obviously, you got to do it right, but um, I find that enjoyable. And I found that you know getting grip just wasn't as enjoyable. Right. I mean, like because the the, the differences are minor, um, and I always I always found. When I first used to do it in my 32, the reason why I was doing it is because i go out there on scrappies.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so to have any fighting chance against guys out there on brand-new tyres, um, so for me it was like an econ- economical thing. I'm like, if I can do these little tweaks here and there, then I can make my car somewhat be able to you know, be in the ballpark of keeping mm-hmm. up with guys on new tyres. I can go out there and scrap tyres.
2: Yeah.
1: And so that's it was it was enjoyable. But what I realised is I'd rather be at a slight disadvantage with speed. Like now, if I put new tyres on or whatever, like I, I like having a little bit less of an advantage because it means that I just have to make it up with my um, driving. Mm-hmm. I always look at the philosophy of kind of, you know, modifying with with certain stuff is like, um, you know, you can't transfer modifications to a, to another car. If you're going over, you can't you can't go and set up a car overseas. And make it as grippy as this car, like at home, just like that. And for me, you know, the way I was, you know, I was going around around the world, jumping in random cars, you know, ship cars, good cars, whatever, just random cars. You can't transfer the, all that steering, uh, all that suspension development. You can't just go transfer that randomly to different cars around the world, if, especially if you're doing an event a week. So, realistically, the only thing you can take in your in your backpack is your skill.
2: Right.
1: And if you're constantly at disadvantage. Um, in, in the car, you just make up for it in your driving skill. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You realize how much speed is is, is in your right foot, right? Um, and and how much just you know trimming line and finding this, and you you find all these ways. And then so when you're going around, you know you can jump in whatever car and you can be on that person's door,
2: right?
1: Um, you know I've had some I've had some like I did this comp I did this um, King of Europe. And I rocked up, and everyone's obviously like 700 plus horsepower, yeah.
2: 265
1: semi slicks. And I've rocked up, and the car they've given me has got 205 50 16s, and they were strict, just normal radial, street tyres. And I'm going out there, like, huh? Like, but, you know, like I said, <laughs> the core, you know, like if you if you drive right, you know, driving up on their doors is not a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is like so many people sit there and complain, oh, the cars are set up, and I'm like, dude, if you just done the right things you wouldn't be complaining about this you'd be on, yeah. their, on their door you'd yeah. be on their door right now but the problem is everyone wants to be so good straight away they're like well if i spend all the money i can make my car fast so that means i'm fast now mm. as opposed to saying you know what i'm going to be shit for a few years i'm going to be slow for a few years while i have a car which isn't as fast but guess what it means over time right. i'm going to be a fast driver and mm. it means i won't sit there and complain about how slow my car is there's, there's only a few situations or bad layouts, you know, which, you know, really there's not a lot you can do as a driver. There's, there's something you can do, but somebody's always just going to leave you for dead. Um, mm. And FD layouts tend to to kind of expose those car differences more. But, you know, good tracks, especially Japanese tracks and stuff like that, um, the, the amount of drive the car has just doesn't matter as much as how hard you, you can, you know, you, you, the techniques you use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I've always been kind of, I've always kind of been that way and that's how I kind of moved away from doing rear end setups, um, and, and really just went with front end setups more because they're just more fun. Yeah. Um, and I think nobody's like, I, I guess I came from like skate videos where, you know, or it was so skating and BMX where like you go watch video parts and stuff like that and you just want to see the most spectacular shit. Right. Like you, you know, I, I didn't really watch competitions. I would watch um, uh, the parts and watch people do the gnarliest shit, and that's what I always had in my head. I said, "I'm not aiming to be um, consistently this or consistently that. I just want to be able to do the gnarliest shit. I just want to have that one of like few runs every every like you don't want to have you want to have good runs mm-hmm. throughout the day, but you want to be constantly pushing for that insane run." Where you just stoked on that run, you stoked on that mm. run, and if you get a bit of footage of it, it's you know <laughs> like it, it comes back to the skating days where yeah. we'd sit out there filming all day, and you'd finally get the run, and you'd be like yeah. sick, and you'd have that footage of that of that thing, and I think that was a dynamic which I kind of um, I kind of liked was you know you you get that sick run, and and it would amp you up, and 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 that's why I did those videos like they were like video parts for me, mm. like that's what I kind of think is as a compilation of the crazy runs and that's what it always used to amp me up about watching watching uh skating that's what would get me out i go watch a skate park watch uh, watch these guys do these gnarly tricks and be like fuck yeah i gotta go out and, and skate yeah. or, or whatever because
0: so for all for all like the for all of the like crazy videos that you actually do have there's like thousands of hours of video not captured man and that's what people well, don't realize <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly, a lot of people think, oh, you film everything. I'm like, I'm really bad yeah. at filming stuff, yeah. really bad. And, and then a lot of the, f- the footage I get, I don't actually set up right, and it's just, it's, it's shit, or it's looking to the wrong thing, it's overexposed, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So most, like, I mean, the the footage I do put up is actually a fraction of, of what right. goes exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, as much as I love to capture, um, you know, the the cool stuff. At the end of the day, Most of the time I rock up, I rock up late, I'm getting everything sorted, and it's a choice of do I spend five minutes getting the camera set up or ten minutes getting the camera set up or do I spend that ten minutes, five minutes on track and it's exactly. like, Ah, oh, I'll do it I'll do it later. Yeah. And then you get back and you never get to the it. You, got to fix, <laughs> and then you never get to it. And you're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I wish I did that on camera, but at the end of the day, you know, primary focus is just, you know, Sorry. get out there and drive. Yeah. yeah. Secondary is like, you know, it'd be cool, you know, if you got some if you got some footage or whatever, but um it's, it's not just about getting the footage. It's, it's about, like, you still have in your head how gnarly a run was. Even if it wasn't captured, you're still aiming for that crazy run. You get that crazy run in your head. And, and sometimes it's nice not having the footage because you could just go back and think about it and be like, fuck, that was insane. Like, this yeah. was happening and, you know, all of this. So I always like that part of, of drift. And um, mm. I think the steering, um, the steering setups and, and that's, you know, going for, you know, this crazy big angle and stuff. Etc. Etc. Um, I don't know. That's. I, I find that quite. I quite enjoyable. And look, I'm a. I'm as. I'm a tech head when it comes to a lot of that shit. Right. So I love the kind of. Nah, man, I love I, all the tech. I've definitely. The, I've definitely little, learned. You
0: know, I've learned a lot of stuff just by following you because, like, the. Uh, are, for one thing, are you still producing your 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 angle kit?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I've. I, I don't advertise my saying because, yeah. like, to be honest. Uh, to keep you know quality in yeah. check um i try not to go too crazy on volume so mm. i'm always flat out with orders and i don't don't go everything crazy i'd rather keep it low volume and and just you know keep you know um you know keep keep sorting out and and, and making the stuff as good as possible mm-hmm. um but um but yeah so uh, i've I, I do it I do it but I've, I've got a whole new whole bunch of stuff coming out now which is um you know well, Every the the adjustability is just insane. But the the thing is, the way I look at it is, you know, anybody anybody that kind of um, thinks that like oh one setup will work for every single driver, every single um, car, I think it just I think it's just naive.
2: Mm, yeah, it is.
1: And so so I I think the best thing you can do is is create as much adjustment as possible, and then help people understand you know, what this does, what this does, et cetera, et cetera. And realize that it doesn't actually matter if they don't, um, you know, if they don't use it, it's not the end of the world. Like it's not like you're going to send this kid out and they're going to screw around with all this adjustment and stuff like that straight away. You send it out ready to go with some pretty good off the shelf um, kind of uh, settings and stuff like that. Mm But then, you know, if down the track they say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, et cetera, et cetera, you can give them that and they can they can change it, they can do that, stuff like that, and they can modify I mean, I think in five, ten years, you're going to see a completely different approach to steering right now. Right now, the approach to steering is, hey, that's a kit, put it in, yeah. put it in, set, forget, which is just insane to me. I mean, yeah. every other part of the car is tunable. We tune this for that, we do all this stuff like that, and the steering... You know, the idea of tuning is some toe settings or, or some slight, you know, acumen changes maybe if the kit has it. But, I mean, like, for me, I've you know, I see some guys now offering, you know, a cast trail knuckle and then a non-cast trail side by side. And I'm sitting there like, well, what do you expect the customer to, to, to do there? I mean, if they want to experiment with the cast trail but they don't like it, what, what do you do there? Because you sell them that knuckle, they try it and they're like, oh, I don't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> so now they return and go buy the other one. Or yeah. like to, to me, it's like, like for me, I, I've been putting cast trail adjustment in my knuckles for, for many years now. And the reason is, is because I've got guys that, that, that try cast trail and be like, mm, didn't do anything for me. Or they don't like it because it puts the wheel back in the guard. Right. And they've got clearance issues with the back in the guard. And they think I really wanted to try cast trail, but I just can't because the clearance issues. And so like, You know, um, I've got guys now that are like, you know, you know. So, because my my strut tops, they uh, you can change the caster uh, Mm -hmm. caster go forward or backwards up to 20 mil each way. So you can so from the stock position, you can either add caster in or reduce caster. So, like Wise for example, they reduce caster and they add a lot of caster trail in to to counter that. and so, what I'm having people is experimenting between the extremes of the opposite of that. So, like more ca- heaps of caster angle, and no caster trail. And now they're saying, you know what, I want to try. I just want to try going back a little bit of the, uh, away. So now they they might put some caster trail in, and then just go a little bit or, or neutral caster at the top, or a little bit of cut ca- or a little bit of reduction of caster. And mm. they're just trying all this dynamic, and and people are actually learning about setups as they do this because. Right. I can tell you guys a bunch of stuff that, that, you know, but until you actually go in, you feel how it, right, how it works, Right. Um, you just don't know. So um, I kind of, yeah, I, I, that, that's the main thing for me is I wanna see people, and, and look, let me put it this way, if you're doing that now, you'll be ahead of the curve because hmm. this is only gonna go one way. There's only gonna be more tunability. Um, there's only gonna be more tunability in, in, in steering and stuff like going forward. And I think all these kits that are now fairly fixed in the geometry, they're just going to be playing catch up because, right. you know, I think if you allow all this adjustment and, and it's not just that, like, you know, these new knuckles I've got are not only uh, not only adjustable, but they're modular with the, the bottom piece, which controls a lot of the geometry. Mm-hmm. That's completely removable and can be completely changed and, and, and cut. Um, for for quite cheap it's like a 30 dollar part and you can completely change that so if you just if 5 da- 5 years from now we've completely changed our idea about how we're going to go about this or whatever you know if you look back at 5 years ago in in steering you look at a lot of the concepts that are just you know completely different now right so 5 years from now we it's, the good thing about it is you could just unbolt it cut a new thing and put another one on you don't have to change the whole knuckle um, and so I like that ability to kind of move with the times and develop as things go. I mean, like, every single track day, I'm trying crazier and crazier shit. Um, whereas a lot of people send, you know, and that, that's an ability that I have because I have so much adjustment in my kit. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of the development going in other, um,
0: you know, it's, kits... It's, it's, like, it's
1: generic. It's
0: a, it's a generic, like you said, like a blanketed... Like, is everybody who puts this in, they're going to be able to do this. And, like, everybody pretty much, you only get to who can do the most insane backies. And you look out there as for like backies and continuing, like there's not many people out there that has that same amount of footage as you do. They'll do a backie. They'll kind of stall and then yeah. pull out. Yeah. Of it. Think, yeah. But yeah, you, you're, you're yeah. doing a backie and fucking accelerating at the same time.
1: And then. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's why I use Malala, which is mm. uh, one of my local tracks. I use yeah. that so much for testing because a lot of people are doing this backies into hairpins. Right, which is cool. There's like nothing wrong with that, but you know there are some corners where I don't even need this kit. I can just have some cut and shut knuckles, Mm -hmm. and I can do the exact same entry as I can do with my kit. Right. Because some corners, it's they're so tight that you just go like that. You slip the fronts, you go in, not a problem. Right. And um and and that's what you see. You know, a lot of Nakamura and and those crazy entries because it's just skill.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, The the, the steering.
1: The steering's not helping him that much, and I mean, like, you know, you've seen, you've seen the videos, and you know, where a, a lot of us, you know, like doing, uh, you know, like even Knacker and all these guys doing these big entries into Northerns, and like where I, I, I used to have uh, 32, like when I first went there, like 32, and we just pump up, uh, pump up the fronts to like 90 psi, drop the rears to 15 psi, and then even with like stock knuckles, we'd just go in, throw the cars, let the front slip. And make it through because the corner just invites right. uh, big angle. It's not really about setup. Now, obviously, big angle setup will make it a little bit easier, but the reason why I use light is because it's not, it's not even ninety. I don't think it's 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 quite open. I mean, you, you do ninety right. k an hour through yeah. the corner. It's a fast. You enter at one hundred and sixty, and you're carrying yeah, probably about hundred k an hour through the corner. So if you're able to go backwards into that it's pure it's uh, you know obviously it's still a lot of skill involved but it's mm-hmm. it's um you know that's where steering setup will help in a situation where you can't just stall the car up and wash all your speed off because you're going into a hairpin you got to maintain your speed and that's where you can go backwards if mm-hmm. um flat out and carry it through a corner and and, and keep or, main, or sorry, maintain or increase speed you know um spe- but spe- speaking
0: yeah. to a guy like yourself man I got I got a confession to make I've never I've been drifting this long. I've never used an angle kit, ever. Mm. Not that I not that I don't that I don't want to. It's just honestly, four years ago I started my shop. I kind of got, I I mean I kind of put drift to the side so I could build my business, and everything. And you know, and I got to the point now where, I do. I got like I got really good cutting shots that I got from another shop, and he's been like you know I've been having for like six years. But I have seen we we get to the point where you're carrying so much more speed now that. You don't spin out. You just kind of get in that phase where you're flat spinning, or you're the fucking rears coming around, and you're maxed out, and you're like fucking holding it. And there's yeah. like nothing there's nothing else. So you just kind of you stop and you go. So you're not spinning out anymore. You just at that point, I don't know. In your opinion, is that considering like you, you think it, you would need more angle because you're exceeding? You're obviously exceeding, but then you like so you said, you're bringing up Nakamura, which in that same car, same you know same skill sets because he's had that the back experience he will be able to like kind of like just wait it out wait it out wait it out and then clutch kick it right back into it and continue on yeah
1: so i mean nakamura he's um look it's it, all, all he's doing is, is he's put himself in that position enough times right but that's all that's all i did for a long all i did was i just did enough backward entries right um, you know, everyone kind of, everyone always asks me like, oh, you know, what's the, what's the key to doing backies? Practice. practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the key to, to doing backies is is um, not being scared of looking like a dickhead because right. that's exactly how you're going to learn it. Yeah. And I guarantee you for a long time Nakamura looked like an idiot
2: yeah. uh,
1: because he was going just too big and probably screwing up. He, he he's, he's probably been in the sport long enough where he could have taken a more gentle approach mm-hmm. to getting there. Whereas I took a much more aggressive approach right. where I was, I was just like he could have slowly built up to it. Whereas I kind of just threw myself into it right. um, uh, and I was just throwing it over like too hard and being like, okay, that's what that does. Okay, that's what that does. Now, after a while, you just get a feeling for a car spinning out. You just right. get a feeling for where you can get on the throttle. It's still so like, you know, you can just feel it in the seat. Mm. And it's, it's just about knowing how to position your wheels, do all that stuff. It's just all this stuff you learn from pushing yourself past the limit. Right. And so, like I said, don't get a, don't get an angle kit. Go out there and pump your fronts up and learn to slip your front tires because all backies are slipping your front tires. Right, right. And, you know, I, I always people will say, oh, would well, you need more angle? And I said, so you, more angle helps. More angle right. helps in a certain way, but it's actually about the balance and, and getting the fronts to slip. So, um, you know, so basically, you know, I always say like people will say, oh, you know, more angle. You know, if you have more angle, then, then it'll catch and so on. I said, okay, but here's the thing, I'm doing an entry at 110, 120 k an hour. Oh, sorry, 120, uh, 110, 120 degrees mm-hmm. of angle. Let's say at best I have 70 degrees of angle. They got to slip. Right. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, you, you can only you can only get to a certain point where, you know, like if you're only doing 60 degrees of angle into a corner, yeah, that's fine. The fronts can track. But once you get past, you know, 90 degrees, there's no possible way your fronts can ever track that. So they have to slip. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and knock other steering kits, mm-hmm. but there are some other steering kits um, which are trying to keep the wheels flat through the right. corner, the front wheels flat through the corner. And I've said that the biggest problem with this is while – when when you get to an oversteer moment, your car is naturally wanting to oversteer more. The rears are slipping out, especially when you transition, the, the rear the, the the momentum is in an over is oversteer. So the rear wants to keep going. Right. right. And so what you're trying to do there is you're actually trying to bias um, the, the rear with grip and and reduce the front grip so it can actually neutralize the slide. Because if the fronts keep gripping too much, when you Say when you, when you transition out like this and your rear end's here and your front's here, if mm-hmm. the fronts have got too much grip, it'll just keep dragging, it'll right. keep dragging, you want to keep moving you around. What you want is you want when you snap out, you want the rear to grip up to slow the rotation and the fronts to slip so then they can keep moving forward. So it, it finds that neutral spot. So all backward entries are is, is finding that forward slide and getting that nice and neutral and then finding the fronts back into grip. Mm. You know, you'll see often a lot of people what they'll do um, and especially with the, with, the, with the setups with too much front grip or, or flat tires at the front, what happens, you'll see them kind of bubble back into grip. And the reason for that is that they're going from slipping um, because even tires with a lot of grip and even w- with their flat or whatever, they'll still slip. Once they get back into, once you get back into them gripping up, there's this kind of sharp rise to them kind of coming back in and, and the kind of car finds itself and it goes in. If you have it full lock, it's like this and there's bugger all grip there. What happens is as it kind of finds its way back in, the the transition back into grip is a lot more subtle. And so the car doesn't have that wobble. And so mm. you're able to actually – but it just means that you have to be smart about f- putting the front wheels in the right place because you don't have as much feel necessarily because you can't feel them coming back into grip. So you just got to get them in the right position, but it'll be a lot more forgiving. The right. fronts are slipping. it be a lot more forgiving when, it, when they come back into tracking the – the road and you get back back onto the gas but you've got too much front grip you'll find you know you'll be you'll be past 60 degrees and all of a sudden they'll start finding a way back into grip and it's this sharp um, kind of transition back in that's when you get that wobble right so it's, it's kind of hard to explain but
0: no 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 it's good
1: but it's it's, it's all about balance at the end of the day and mm. you know my kits weren't just about big entries I, in fact to be honest when I the first idea when I when I when I came to making kits was I want to make something which is uh, like a big angle kit that can do the most gnarly entries, but I want it to feel like a stop cut and shut yeah, setup.
0: Yeah, and that's the yeah, that's the key. That's the key right yeah. there is the feeling. And I, the, I mean, one of, like that's the because I mean, I'm definitely follow, that's the reason I want to talk to you, man. Because like the the knowledge you have on the stuff is definitely is it's there. Um, one thing in the military we call it is uh, like you know, for example, Bluetooth on ground. You know, it's the difference between being out there in combat, which I have been in combat, and then the guys who study and read the Sun Tzu books and Reading and and for three and actually application. That's where I'm gonna buy one of your kits eventually, uh, so I'll get on that waiting list and everything. And <laughs> it's not gonna be no fucking bro, no bro deals. I'll pay full rate because I understand the the amount of R and D you put in. Also, I understand dealing with manufacturers is a bitch because they promise then, they, they don't deliver, <laughs> and then you you go. I, it took me five companies to get to, to get hoses to get hoses produced. Five fucking mm-hmm. companies, man, to get samples and. I got a good company now. so anyway, uh, you yourself the difference between you and everybody else. I never had why I never even touched a widespread kit. I never held it. I just I haven't been i haven't been i haven't had a need for it to be honest. and most guys I'm around, they don't need it either. They need to get out there and fucking get their stock shit first, then some cutting shuts and then move on from there. Uh, so the um you're you're you have a lot of firsthand experience, man, and that's why. I mean, besides you being a buddy of mine, I would invest in your company first because, number one, I know you. Number two, I know you know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. And you've, you've, you've put it on the ground. You've experienced it. And this difference between marketing something, like you said, where it's a, a generic setup, it's, it's going to bolt on every S13 in the world. It's going to look the same, and it's going to offer the same g- generic adjustability where it keeps you in a box. And like you said, every other driver is not the same, man. Everybody got a different goal, different style
1: and and the risk you have with that is you cannot like i always say like you know um you know there's there's setups which i call like knife edge setups Mm -hmm. and like they cannot be any more especially with like how aggressive your acumen is you cannot be any more aggressive because i'll start crabbing or this will start happening so uh if you want to run one of these knife edge setups you just the problem problem with these kits with very little adjustment is the problem is they have to pull back a bit because if they make it too aggressive off the shelf, um, then it's going to not work for a lot of cars. I mean, I did I I put my steering kit straight from my Laurel into my Sephiro. basically same chassis. You know, it was close enough. Laurels, you know, tiny bit more flex because they're yeah, pillars yeah. or whatever, but you know, pretty similar chassis, everything the same, reshelled into it. And I found that the Sephiros had way more resistance to crabbing; it just didn't want to crab. So I could put in, so I put it in, and I was like, all right. It seems like, you know, even when I would, rear tires would go low, I just didn't want to crab I don't know. So I just started chucking in more Ackerman and stuff like that. And I was throwing more stuff out. I'm like, oh, this is cool how it's doing this. And like, so, I mean, everything else was the same coilovers, everything was the same. But um, just so happens the, the, the minor differences in whatever it was just so happened uh, to me to take different things. So, um, but so when you when you're trying to create a setup that'll the uh, one size fits all, you always sacrifice because you can't go to the limit. Right. If you create something with so much adjustment, I mean, dude, you know, the, you could. I mean, I remember one of the first kits I, I sold. Um, the guy, the guy was like, "Oh no, he was just doing an eyeliner and stuff." Like that. He's like, "Whatever." Oh. He was having a <laughs> he was having a few issues with with something, and and um, ended up. Having like fourteen, fifteen degrees of caster, <laughs> oh, just because he never checked it. And that's the thing is like you give that like you give somebody so much ability. You, you, like you can easily make like that's why I always send it a certain way. I send it in a certain configuration mm-hmm. um, now, and it's and it's locked in, and you can put it in, and it's you know it'll be it'll be good. But at the end of the day, if you wanted to be crazy about it and you wanted to switch everything around, you can create. A kit that just won't work. Right. You know, right. but the thing is in another car that might work sweet. And that's the whole thing about knife edge. Like if you, if you're trying to aim for the, to get the most out of your car, you have to have that range of adjustment. Um, and some of those adjustments on there are going to be pretty crazy because for, for, for you, they might not work, but for another car, they might work. And if you don't have those adjustments, it means that that car with, well, it was like this and they're not going to be able to get, the most out of their car, they're going to have to sit back and have a mediocre setup. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, even rack relocation is such a huge thing. Some guys buy my kits; they don't want to move their racks. Right. So for them, they need that extra aggressive um, Ackerman settings. But then I've got guys that move their racks forward thirty-five or more.
2: Right.
1: And if they have, if they even use the second most aggressive, they might have it fall into crab pretty easily. So you need that range. You need the range. And if you if you don't have that range, you end up just. Um, going to the cautious side of things and then the then the car's not really optimized. It's just kind of, you know, mid. So that's kind of why I like having that range, because you can just go crazy if you if you want to and you can really optimise. Get you get you up to the knife edge. Go a little bit over. Alright, that's that's where the limit is. Cars not you know, not working there, so you pull it back a bit. But it's not just that, I mean like I like I find small tracks you don't want as much um, Ackerman as um, as you know, we'll more positive Ackerman than than big tracks. Big traction will be way more aggressive in your setup. Small tracks, you tend to find it slows the car down a bit. So, like on a, on a you know, when I go out to a small track, I'll put in, I'll just quickly change the Ackerman. It takes you know three four minutes. Mm-hmm. I'll just quickly change the the Ackerman um, to a to a less aggressive setting, and the car's a lot faster and et cetera. Et cetera. Um, and then if I go to a bigger track, I'll just put more aggressive Ackerman in because i mean going just go bigger and, you know, because, um, you know, you're not going around as tight a corners. You're able to, so those little things are quite important. You know, I can change, I can go, you know, up to six degrees difference in, in Ackerman based on, on the track. And so these are the kind of things, you know, like, I, I, I've played around with, um, um, you know, different KPI on each side. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, you know, like, Malala, for example, you know, turn one and turn two, turn one is this big right hander, um, you know, it's all washing speed and like it's, it's very high speed and it's all about big entry. Um, and then um, going around turn two, it's just a sweeper, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't have that huge weight, you don't have that huge fall onto it. And so typically what I'll do is I'll run different KPI because this, when you're coming in on, on the right hand, your left is being loaded up like crazy. So you might want to just flatten it out a bit. I
0: say the biggest thing, man. I was eventually going to get into it, man. But you like, like, like I say, man. I know suspension is, is very. Uh, it's one of those things you really like, and, and it's, it's one of those things where um like you mentioned a guy who was eyeballing um I was one of those guys too until I got my first laser alignment, and after that, dude, it changed my life as far as the 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 my. Tire wear, even tire wear all the way across. If you you know you don't got any crazy setup, the handling and stuff like that. I mean I'm good at I'm good at zeroizing, but I would get it enough to drive to the alignment rack and then get them on there and do the things because you just can't. um, I mean I'm pretty sure you're good at you know doing string alignments and things like that. I just I
1: do eye alignment just like at the track if I'm playing around with tires. Yeah. yeah, Um, but besides that. Try not to fuck around with caster too much. Um, Yeah. Camber you can do pretty easily. Like the easiest thing to do with camber is um, get a big square, you know, a big uh, uh, right angle, um, and uh, just put it next to the wheel, hold it up against the wheel, and then measure from the tip that's pointing out, you know, Mm because you put put it on the wheel against the wheel, push it down to the ground, and then you obviously the other part will go up just a little bit because it's you know leaning like that. Right. And then you measure what that's off the ground, and then you just do some, just chucking the tr- trigonometry calculator, mm. and it'll actually tell you what degree that is. So that's how I do. That's why I did the. Cam- Obviously, I, I go I may get it laser as well, but
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. but I try not to fuck around. I, I try to get the camber right for laser aligners because it's a process which, if you align at the bottom, it's kind of a bitch because it moves everything out. And right. if you do it at the top, it's a bit of a hassle because, you know, you've got to kind of get the weight off it and knock it and And it's just – so I try, I try to get the camber pretty right when I go to the laser yeah. line. So all we got to do is knock out, toe and cast it. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, with the KPI um, – with the KPI – sorry, I was, I was uh, kingpin inclination or steering. Okay, okay. okay. So, so I was running kind of the, the staggered so I'd have – I'd have different KPI on one side than the other side because when you come oh, okay. into, into turn one, it'd, it'd lean. Or, you know, you're going hard in and you're, and you're pulling in. And so I'd have the KPI set up so you know, it wasn't rolling over as much on that yeah. wheel. And then when you'd flick around, because it wasn't coming in as hard, it wasn't rolling in as hard because you're on just a sweeper as opposed mm. to coming in hard into a fast corner, um, You know, then it, I'd have this one a bit more neutral. So... Um basically you can play around with with these staggered setups. And I've been doing that like my my old thirty two back in like 2011, 2012, I was actually um I was putting on um uh, you know, with it like elongating the holes and then putting these things in uh, you know, kind of build teens and stuff used to have with the with that adjustment there. I'd I'd run staggered each each side for that kind of thing. And so these are like kind of the cool things that people can start playing around with. Um which you know like always these new knuckles i've got got that adjustment KPI. i like up to 10 degrees which is huge so you can change it up to 10 degrees i mean that that's a massive amount and you can start playing around with these staggered setups and 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 everything so that's what i kind of like is 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 people Mm -hmm. being able to play with stuff but the problem is is if it becomes too hard to do you just don't want to bother with it so i'm trying to make everything as easy as possible The cast a trail to change your cast trail um takes, um, I don't know, let's say five minutes aside to change a car's mm-hmm. trail. And so I want people to kind of experiment with that and be like, yeah, shit, I like how this this works or, you know, nah, or, or just finding a happy medium. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting stuff for me. And, and, and the thing about I build cars, I drive cars and I crash cars. So <laughs> they're the most critical things you need to do when you're building a kit. Because there's a lot of kits out there which you can tell they're not designed um, by people that build cars. You're right. like, how the fuck am I meant to get this number? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. and it's just it's so annoying. <laughs> Although you look at other stuff and it's like, all right, this was tested by somebody. That's, so that their, their, their testing process is let's put it in this guy's car, let him do some laps for a day. By himself on a solo thing, and gives you a thumbs up. At the they'll be like, "Yep, sweet." Yeah, free production. And I'm sitting yeah. there like, "Mate, <laughs> I, I I'll, I'll give you some of the I'll give you some of the kind of things I do when I prototype my stuff." Right. So most of my stuff is made out of um, material, bissaloy, bissaloy eighty, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it's a sheet metal that we get here, and it's down at like they use it in, like because we like do ship buildings and stuff like that. So it's um, there's like a this, basically, the grade is also they use it for like armor and stuff like that. But it's, mm. it's similar properties to forty-one forty chromoly. But you can get it, and so that's stuff I use for most most of it. Which is it's pretty gnarly stuff. It's about three four times stronger mild steel. So I'll prototype in the most the most. I'll start with the most janky versions that I will weld together in in mild steel. Test if they fail, um, and sometimes I'll make it so that like I basically want them to fail. I just right. want to see where it's going to fail, where I need to know it's going to fail. So, like, for example, these knuckles, I did in this real janky kind of way. And I could see where they were bending, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting because it's not a way that you would expect them to bend. And so it, it taught me a lot about, um, you know, like no simulation could tell you that. Right. Like, it, But going out there and doing it, I could see that I'm bending there. I was like, oh, that, that's perfect. Like, it's that's easy kind of thing. So the next, the next prototypes I was doing were you know, pretty much the, you know, final design, but I've done it mild still, just three or four times weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I'd go out there and I would just, I would hit shit. I would aim for curbs. I'd do everything I could. I'd leave stuff like, you know, I'd just nip things up and like yeah. have things loose. And <laughs> I'd come in and things would be loose. I smashed into a guardrail um, hard because I, I, the guy I was chasing, just completely lost him in the smoke, came up, came up this, mm. this street course, smashed into that, like I do, I do the most brutal stuff to it and then see if I can smash those and then final prototyping is obviously the final product but then in, in the full strength material and, you know, at that point you're not really expecting to break anything um, but you still give it a shot. But that's how I do things, you know. I don't I don't fuck around. Like I'm not and, – and everything, the whole process is putting it in and being like, oh, that was a bit of, a bit of a pain how I had to do that or that could be a bit of a nuisance if that comes loose. That's hard to check or whatever. So these are the whole things that I go through because, you know, I've been building these cars for a long time and I build things a certain way. You know, I don't – it's – I don't know. I, I I just I just think – I just think you've, it's a whole package of everything. It, it's it, Things should, should not just be strong when they're working. They should right. be idiot-proof as well because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an idiot. Everyone – you know. Most most good drivers I know are idiots. You know, yeah. things come loose. Uh, things don't get installed right properly in, in the rush of things. And in my head, um, I try and make it so that, you know, it's as idiot-proof as possible because stuff can happen, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not just about being strong when everything's going well. It's about being strong when everything's not going well as well. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and the other thing is it's about making things fail in a way which keeps you out on track. You know, like, everyone yeah. – no one wants to talk about crashing. No one wants to talk about it as if it happens. Everyone kind of thinks, well, if you crash, then that's your day over. You know, you shouldn't crash. And I'm like, well, that's just a stupid thing yeah. to have. Like that's, – that's,
0: that's, Guys will say shit like that as guys who, like you said, like you said, when we started, they don't push to get better. They just yeah. got they, – they're good, but they're never they're, – they're satisfied. And they won't yeah. they won't keep hitting Manami and keep hitting it until they get that perfect line and entry and third yeah. gear and all that good stuff, man.
1: Yeah. No, um, and I think so, like, for me – um. You know, I look at it logically and say, well, if anything's going to fail, I'd rather that fail first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd rather, you know, you know. so for me, it should be about how expensive the part is to replace, how easy it is to replace, um, you know, so, and how, how easy it is to get that part at the track or mm-hmm. from a harvester or whatever. So, you know, I try to make it so that the, the failure points are often bolts which you know which you can go down and and get another one or hopefully you can Sometimes you can pull it out of a car you know like if someone's got a crashed car you're like i'll just grab that m12 out of that out of the yeah. whatever and you know so if your mate's kind of like yeah just take whatever you need of the car hopefully you know it's that kind of stuff where all that person has a spare you know uh nuts and bolts in there in their bolt spin or whatever so they can take those so i like that kind of thing where you know like if somebody has a big crash or whatever, and it's big enough to bend something, you know what? Well, they can still get it back out on the track, Um, you know. Like, and and that's that to me is one of the fundamental kind of ideas. But
0: yeah, do no, no. you got on your website, man? Do you have like a uh, like just a basic? Nah, well, I guess basic to advanced, like just you know Ackerman, all that stuff, man. Do you have like a thing on your website that explains this stuff to like say like I most guys? Well, I guess most guys coming towards you already have a fair bit of knowledge, but there shouldn't be any noobs uh, trying to get a kit like yours because they got levels to, to progress through before they didn't even yeah, need even a kit so like yours.
1: so that's the funny thing because like I'm the biggest proponent on keeping your car as basic as possible, and I've been saying <laughs> that for years. And you know I haven't really changed. I, I, you yeah. know, I'm not. Even though it's kind of my business and stuff like that, it's like you know what? If somebody comes to me and says, you know, if they come to me and just say I want a kit, no worries. If they come to me and say, you know, should I get a kit? That's a different question, and I'll, right. I'll probably say no. i say but I also one thing is i've also started appreciating the fact that there are a lot of people out there that aren't that interested in progressing as drivers and i don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with that like you know i think if japan taught me anything you know everyone says oh is everyone in japan like amazing drivers said no if i mean if you take every single drifter over there and your average amount they're probably worse drifters than other places in the world because they have more casual people that just rock up to the track and they just enjoy drifting their the car they're not drifters but they, they right. rock up to the track just in their daily driver. They just dr- drive there. They're not interested in necessarily, you know, the, obviously the good drivers of Japan are, are the best in the world. But most of the drivers, or a lot of them, probably less now, but certainly back in the day, a lot of them were just casual drivers that would just rock up to the track. And they just wanted to be able to drift go home they weren't thinking about progressing and doing this and and you know they don't care about well driving a shit car for a long time because it makes you a better driver and this and this they don't care about that they want to rock up enjoy their car and so that's those are the kind of guys which are like yeah i want some you know you know especially in australia they're the guys that want i want power i want lock i want to be able to do as crazy shit as soon as possible and you know what all power to them and and i'm not i'm not in the business of trying to talk them out of getting a kit and i've accepted that now where it's like you know what if you if you just want a car which is crazy to drive straight off the bat that's your game so be it um but if if someone comes to me and says look i'm i'm really looking to improve how can i do this yeah you know, first thing i'll say is don't worry about the kit um you know pra- you know work on working on driving and um but you know it, it is hard when, when people you know and come into and that but there are there are newbies which come to and, and and do that but at the end of the day what i say is look i'll And not even just newbies as drivers, you know, people that aren't really into, you know, working on their cars that much. They're not into the tech side of things. So for those guys, pretty simple. Um, I'll send it out, ready to go like any other kit off the shelf. We'll still have a bit more adjustment. Um, But as you get it, because most of the adjustment's modular, the kit will come ready to go in a good configuration. It'll be a fairly mediocre like it won't be like, like I said, knife edge setup. It'll be like more of a, you know, mid midway setup. So you better put it in and it'll it'll be great off straight off the bat. Um, and then if a few years, years down the track, if they decide, you know, I want to look into, you know, ex- experimenting with this, spring with that, it's there. And I know a bunch of guys which got into, bought my stuff, had no idea about steering. They've had my kits for a few years and now these guys yeah. talk to me and they know all this shit and i'm sitting there yeah. like i noticed how when i did this and then i'm like yeah that's sick like yeah. and <laughs> because what happens is yeah. when you put these kits in your car and you realize how much of a difference it makes you get interested in it right like like you know like when i said what interests me about suspension originally was when i started putting modifications in me, like, oh my god this car is so much better and so i got interested into it uh, and same as steering, it's like when I started putting knuckles in my car. Like, oh my god, my car's so much more fun to drive. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know more about this, and I want to play more with this. And that's that's what I think it. That, that's what I think it's all about. So, I got the 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 guys with no idea. Send them out the kit. They put it in as it's bolted together. They put it in. They just adjust toe cast or whatever. Um, at their you know their aligner does it, um, and then uh, maybe I'll never hear anything from them, but. often a lot of drivers come uh uh, come back to me because they know that like you know they can come to me and ask me questions but they'll come to me and say hey wouldn't mind playing around with this and i'll be like yeah sweet man you can try doing that you can try doing that and they're like sweet go away try it and they'll come back and they always come back and report stuff to me because they're so excited about how this changed this and did that and then all of a sudden those are guys normally go away and and learn more and more about it so um yeah, that, I kind of like that whole culture around it, not just, you know, send and forget. But there are a lot of guys which have not touched their kit in two or three years and just put it in, it, and, and they're like, yep, love it. Yeah. You know, like even yeah. even even, even um, Zach Powell over in even New Zealand, that guy's absolutely th- um, going so hard right now. And, um, you know, he's a real tech head. He knows so much about this steering stuff. But even he's come to me and he said, like, when we put it in originally, I said, oh, do you want to, like, play around with uh, you know, playing around this, and he's coming to me and he's like uh, uh like about a year or so ago or maybe less he's just like i'm just like oh do you want to try this this new stuff And he's like look car feels really good right now i just don't <laughs> Let's leave, it, it. leave it alone it feels yeah. so good but now yeah. he's getting to a point where he's like you know what no i want to try that stuff now i really want to experiment with this because he's yeah you know he's pushing further and he's like yeah, right man. like so he wants to experiment more. So we're about to, about to send him over some uh, some new gear to update his kit and stuff like that, so that he can really experiment. But like I guess he's a he's a super tech head. He knows he knows everything that's going on with it. So um, sometimes it's you know even then you put it in, it feels so good, and you're like, don't touch it, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm
0: definitely intrigued, man. Like I said, I, I, when you st- right when you started really, because I I think right when I took the hiatus, which was about four years ago again, like I said, to start my business, you would you were like. You were in the I think you had your prototypes at that point and you were like looking for manufacturers, I believe. I mean so much time has passed. Yeah. So it's I don't I'm I if I'm if I, am I correct? Four years ago where were you at with the development
1: of oh, your kids? Um I d I don't I c I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my hat, head. Were but, you like um, were
0: you actually were you actually had plans for it or did you start it like three years ago or something like that? I can't remember. Oh, I now. would
1: say three years ago I was making uh, yeah, three okay. years ago i was making yeah. I was making kits, but I'm always prototyping like every mm. I've like uh, to be honest i don't really enjoy the sales part of it um that's, <laughs> that's kind of my excuse for being yeah. lazy with advertising <laughs> like that. but for me it's like i get enough money coming in from that and i just put it all goes back to prototyping because what i enjoy yeah. enjoy the design and coming with new products and etc cetera, etc cetera. but um uh it's been i think a long time coming where i've just pretty much maxed out the air chassis mm. kit like there's just there's not not really anything more I, I can do i mean it just has like it's from here it's just tunability so yeah. it's about tuning it um there's not really anything more that we be done so that's why i'm starting moving into the toyota stuff as well and right. uh, you know so got...
0: what, what what applications do you have uh, currently available
1: so so uh it's 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 the, it's the nissan stuff um s and r chassis um uh, mm-hmm. but we we do have a toyota uh we took a toyota 86 kit mm-hmm. and uh toy- we have the gd86 and then the uh, a86 we actually have knuckles for um but we're just getting them actually produced we have the design of all goods like that they also those same knuckles also works for jzx81s um like it's slight different because the holes and da 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 but they're essentially the same design because they're very similar things so um but, yeah, so we've done a, we've done JSX 81 kits and stuff like that. But that's really just because we had a bunch of demand for it. But uh, Sorry, a few people that were really requesting it. But there's obviously not a huge amount of demand for 81 stuff. It was just a cool, not a cool little project or whatever. But, right. Uh, but, yeah, so kind of going into that, I, I want to do more with the, you know, 350s and 370s. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's something
0: like they' become they're becoming like the it's they it, man it's it's crazy how much time passed when you're in you're in something and I remember I remember the three fifty coming out you know back when it came out to 2000, what two thousand two two thousand three or whatever or something like that and it was like the the hottest car on a block and now you know you get a you get a three fifty z fro at like two three k four k yeah and you chuck them around like they're s they're like they're becoming like the new s thirteens because they're fit, they're going away and I see luke uh kicking one around now with the multicolored gray and, and uh and uh, yeah I, my daily actually is a three fifty Z it's a, a stager 350S, which is a is a Z wagon. Yes yeah. <laughs> shit Yeah man it's pretty cool. So I drift that shit around in the snow and everything and, and uh, <laughs> but like kind of on that man like I mean again you're very advanced in and you're very advanced in the aspect of suspension, but again you maintain like the stock the stock a mindset which is one of the things i i, I kind of do too because i have the ability in my in my shop to build wild cars but i i have the most fun in 200 horsepower cars it's mm-hmm. weird as shit that i have a 600 horsepower car outside and it's it does what it does well but i when i'm driving a carina uh 4ag carina with stock knuckles i get more enjoyment for that i don't, I don't yeah. understand the difference of that man like yeah. you just it's crazy
1: Well, I kind of go through through phases. Like, sometimes um, uh, I will say, like, if if you ask me, like, if you could only have one drift car Mm. for the rest of, like, one type of drift car, I I, I would probably say I I, I want, like, something like uh, a missile with a little bit of power. Yeah. So, because because <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's already
0: fucked, it's already yeah, it's already... both. Like, it
1: satiates both <laughs> yeah. the kind of things because are Don't get me wrong. I love I love throwing around no, uh, low power cars, All but right. your your ability, like you, you're limited to you know when I started when I, when I started kind of drifting, I had you know 32,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it had like 150 kilowatts or whatever. Was that like 200 horsepower, whatever? Not much more than stock. And the biggest thing I had is. I think everybody, as they got better as drivers, would get better cars. Um, whereas now it's not the case. You know, a lot of people have basic cars as well. Right. And we're learning that now. But but when I started, you know, as you got better, and especially in Australia, you get more power. And then so, you know, everyone would kind of, as you get better, you'd, everyone would kind of drive with each other, and especially in Malala, get this big straight in the middle. So when I, I, I was getting better, but I had no one to drive with, because everyone yeah. had so much more power,
2: right, right, grip, right.
1: more everything than me. <laughs> And so I found myself yeah. kind of in this little weird place where I was trying to keep up with everybody on with low power, it's scrappies or whatever on big fast courses with big straights in the middle. Of it. So um, I got to a point where I realised like oh, I need to get more power, not because I wanted more power through the corner or whatever, it's just so I could keep up with people. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the same thing with like I loved having I loved having a, a missile with a bit of power because I could just thrash it with whoever I didn't care. And I mean, I'll go out there and you drive with guys, just four agents and all that. And I'll have a, a ton of fun driving mm-hmm. with low power cars, but it means that I can also go do some gnarly high speed shit in a right. missile. I can, you know, you know, go drive with like, like Saito with, with his over in Japan. Like
2: mm-hmm. he could go
1: do 200 K an hour plus on Nishi, uh, right. but then also be doing a car which you don't give a shit about. So that's, yeah. that's probably my optimal car, but I, I'm also. I also had a uh, FJ20, uh, NA FJ20 Bluebird, 910 oh, nice. Bluebird, uh, which I'm just reshelling at the moment, so I'll have that up and going soon. Um, but I love, I love driving that car because once again, you just have to work for every single for everything, every yeah. everything, and <laughs> and I love and I love having cars like that on like small courses like X Park where it's just uh because there's no straights or anything like that so you, if you if you drive hard enough you can keep up with the fast cars there mm-hmm. um it's it's only when you move to the bigger tracks where you just kind of of go take a knee and be like all right well i'm not catching yeah, up with these guys yeah. and unless i expect them to constantly slow down for me um you know what? i gotta go back to the the missile with power so yeah. but I, I like them all i you know i have i have to just- oh yeah it's, it's
0: definitely it's definitely good to have choice uh, choices and everything but once i guess once you get those once you get the choice once you have a selection of cars that all run because I, I tell you bro i got 20 like i got about 25 26 cars outside but only maybe like seven of them run yeah and maybe only two of them are driftable And one, yeah. one was a fucking subaru this <laughs> is like so that yeah that, that's another story in itself man it took i was getting that shit to drift while everybody was sleeping in Manami because it wouldn't drift and um in in two hours, man, of just settings, man, going back, going on, like I build engines, man, and I, I I install and do basic basic suspension settings because most guys are not doing anything that warrants like you know any any advanced setups which I can do. Um, I will say, man, I believe suspension tuning is harder than engine tuning. Like, it's, that's my belief.
1: I think I think if that's what you I think if if it depends on what you know. I mean, right. I think I think certainly with steering. Like the problem with the problem with tuning steering, is that nobody really knows, and there's no way you can really go to get any information. Right, I mean, right. I mean, like a lot of the stuff I'm dealing with right now, I can't go and talk with many people and right. have a conversation because everything's new. Mm-hmm. Everything I'm learning now, as like, is stuff that is new, and that's like, yes, there's there's some transferable stuff from grip racing and and everything, but to be honest, dude, we're all constantly learning so much in drifting right. with steering. The, still new, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, so, yeah. so that's why it's quite hard. And I don't blame a lot of people for not knowing a lot about steering because there aren't a lot of places where you can just go. And I've been, I've been keep meaning to to do like a you know a podcast, like at a coastal podcast where I really just go through each yeah, and you, break. You, you I, to, you, yeah, you need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Look, I had it. I had it set up to go. Like, <laughs> I'll just. I just had so many issues with recording. And like I thought like, that I'll get to it, and I've been so busy with everything. So, right. but I need to do it where I just go through and break down every single thing because, you know, as I rush um, through this, I realize you know I'm not, not really hitting yeah, everything. You can't hit everything. Everything. exactly. exactly. Yeah. So and I would
0: but, definitely, I would definitely tune in because, like, that's what I was gonna ask when I asked, did you have like a, a, a list? Because I know I know more than a, than an average guy. Of course, I run a shop and stuff like, but it's a lot of stuff. I remember when we first had a conversation, you brought up. Um, I believe you were the first guy, because, yeah, I, I know for a fact, you were the first guy to ever say Ackerman. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, is that a, that's your buddy? There's going to be a lot of like, people the, hearing like the, that the, and fucking laughing. Yeah. Yeah. that's why I
1: get constantly <laughs> giving shit for talking about Ackerman so much. Yeah.
0: Um, but, I mean, the thing and then the thing about it, it seems like something so simple. But, like, you mentioned the, uh, the cut and shots earlier, too. I, I When I first got my TIG welder, I tried to make my own, because I'm like, I man, I could make these in – my first like three sets were fucking crap man like they were one they were they weren't i didn't notice they had to be different and everything and you had, like you know it has to be parallel to like the it's all this different shit i read and most of the stuff was bullshit but i went to put them mini man and it's like man the, the shit wasn't flush or like most people you do you weld the fucking the part that's supposed to, the 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 conical part that's supposed to you know actually attach a oh, yeah, the part, people, yeah. they put it upside downwards so it's like yeah you can't install that dumbass, cuz it fucking the goddamn you know, ball joint doesn't go through it. So you know, like,
1: you know. Here's a here's, yeah. a, horror, here's a, <laughs> bit of a horror story. In the very very <laughs> early days when I was doing cutting shots, yeah. Um, I, I I think the guy I was using, like a great fabricator and stuff like that, yeah. I didn't realize I didn't realize he hadn't put a taper in the jig.
0: You
1: know? Ah. So like that's the first thing. Like in my head, like you use you, a taper in the jig, but he he hadn't used one. He just used a 12mm bolt. I didn't realize right. that. And so we, uh, um, he's welled up his knuckles for this guy to go to Japan. And um, so he's gone over Japan to Japan to Ebisu. He's put him in his car yeah. at Ebisu. And he, as he's installing him, he's messaged me. And he's like, um, what's the go with this? <laughs> They've welded upside down. <laughs> oh, I'm like, sitting there like, that can't be possible. Because like, you couldn't yeah. get in the taper. Yeah. And I obviously learned later that he wasn't using a taper. Yeah. Um, but... But I'm sitting there like, uh, <laughs> so what do I do here? And I'm like, can they go in upside down?
0: Yeah. Can you get him like
1: that? Because I mean, realistically, should throw the bumps to everything out. Right. And he said, yeah, look, I'll just chuck him in and see how he goes. And I said, like, I just apologize profusely. I mean, it's nothing I can do at that stage. You know, he's in Japan or whatever. Anyway, put him backwards, comes back to him the next day. And he said, dude, I've never felt a car that drifted this well in my life. He said, it <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and I said, "Dude, I'm happy. Just put, like uh, I'll give you a refund and do all this stuff." And he's right. like, "He's like, no, nah, dude, these feel great." He sold yeah, the car, that, 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 that's, showed that's the car a to somebody right else. And the other guy said, "Yeah, this feels so good." And I'm in there like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's like that's like that's like every invention ever. There was a mistake. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you make this airplane glass? Somebody fucked and mixed the wrong chemicals. And now you got airplane polyurethane glass or stuff like that. So it's crazy. Yeah, nice but not Whatever it's made out of.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's funny as I looked at it later and, and, and as I've thought over time, there's it's, it's actually quite an interesting geometry. It's something, that I, like I said, I've gone into depth at some stage with, but it's actually, mm-hmm. I looked at it later. Like, I remember thinking of that moment and thinking, that's quite interesting how that's done that. Mm-hmm. And and later thinking that could actually, the, the issue is obviously the bump steer issue because you've got now this pivot point up here and right. down here as opposed to being here. It's up here. Now they're unequal and like that. But... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for it to actually feel good was quite um, quite cool. But yeah, I mean, th- th- honestly, like I- I've a lot of stuff I've learned from being really experimental, like just right. just trying stuff. And and to be honest, most of the time it works well. I'm like, geez, I don't know, this shouldn't yeah. work well. And it was only recently yeah. I, I did an experimental setup, and we just kind of threw caution to the wind, and said screw it, and um, it uh yeah, it was not good. It was a, it was yeah. a shit set up. All right, cool. Well, now we know. Yeah. Now we know. But-
0: it, ha- it happens, man. I remember one, I think the last time, I mean, other, I mean, we probably messaged you. I think the last time I messaged you before actually being on a podcast was like me asking about your kid. And the uh, one thing I would, like to said, I definitely was interested, but I wasn't trying to do no mate rates because, again, I, I know I know you've got a lot of fucking guys, man, that probably don't, not, they're not friends with you anymore because they want the fucking mate rates. And like, dude, it costs money to produce this. Yeah. And and uh and I think the I think I got a kit from a guy which we are still buddies, but I let him know that kit was trash, and I put it in my r33 man. Everything was long. It it was nice fabrication, but the it was it was sold before it was tested. And I yeah. I, I got to the track and I met. I'm like, dude, why the fuck is my wheel? It won't come from. It won't. It was it, you turn it and it has angle, but then it just stays there. It locks. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. No issues, and I, at the time I didn't know what it was. He had the rack was pushed; it was like way too for, way too far forward. Yeah, way too far forward. And the um, it, it was the, it would you would turn it lock lock, and it would just slam lock, and then you had to fucking like pull it out. I mean, muscle it out to get it to unlock. I'm like, dude, uh, this shit ain't working. I took the shit back off, put my stock stuff back on, and I, I went about
1: it. And it's, uh, actually,
0: the rack's still in there, man. So
1: it's 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 also a really hard game because um, yeah, you know, like. And what you were saying before about, like, experience with, like, you know, with WiseFab and, and all these other mobs. And, look, I've had this – I've set up WiseFab. I've set up GK Tech. I've set up all these right. kits for other people. So, I have a lot of handling. And I've driven, I've driven a lot of both because of – So, um, I get that kind of um, – But, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be the first to kind of defend other people's uh, kits and say, look, you just – it's hard to know. Like, it's hard to right. know, like, maybe – for some reason it didn't work with that or maybe there's something else going on or whatever and and but if he's selling kits without testing it it's 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 pretty hard to it's kind a of recipe but, yeah, but, it's, but it's bad, you know yeah. there's there's often times when people will say oh you know I got this kit such and such and it's trash or whatever and and I'll be like well I know I've seen on other cars that <laughs> has been proven right. I know it can work right. um, so either maybe it's just not suiting your setup or, or this or, or that but um, but you know, so I often defend it. Sometimes it's indefensible, but I'll try. I'll try and defend it as much as possible because I know what it's like. You know, I've had people put my kits in, and it's not worked um, straight off the bat, and we've had to play around with settings, and they've been like, "Oh yeah, no, this is good now." You know, I've, yeah. I've had, I, yeah. and it's not just that. dude. I, I, I I've had, I've had kits where, I, so because, you know, um, because of like some of the kits are like I'll, I'll not just sell like. Uh, I won't just sell like a like it. I'll sell you know, the arms alone or whatever. Right. And you know, I've, I've sold it to some people that have they've bought my arms um, and the strut tops, and but they've run somebody else's knuckles. I won't say whose. Uh, not that it really matters because I'm pretty sure the knuckles, you know, went a problem or whatever. But um, but uh, well, I, I don't know. But basically, you know, he's come back to me and saying oh, it's doing this it's doing this it's binding and, and doing lots of arms and they're like I said dude you've got my LCAs and my strut tops I mean right you can they, nah, they do they, they're, they're not they're not they're not making the kit bind I said right. they 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 set a pretty basic geometry and you know they're really just their job is to give you clearance reduce flex yeah they can give you adjustment but ultimately they're not setting any geometry like a knuckle like a knuckle you know a knuckles what's typically going to cause bind or it's right Rack location, or it's a combination of your settings, which is causing it. But it's not like lca Some LCAs are bad and cause blind, unless they're um, LCAs which are running out of bearing movement or whatever, and mm-hmm. and 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 jamming up or whatever. But it's it's and you know, come to me, coming to me for months and months and months, just like it's not working, it's not working, it's not working, and I'm sitting there like. Dude, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can try and help you with settings, but they're not my knuckles. It's not my geometry. Right. Yeah, it's like do, you, you got to do the, so much. You're complaining, right. you, you're complaining the knuckles. Essentially, the knuckles feel bad, but they're not my knuckles. But I think it's the lack of understanding of how this stuff works. Right. And people, right. but they don't want to go to that manufacturer because it's easy to come to me because I'm accessible. And I was yeah. like, dude, I'll help you where I can. But you can't blame this stuff. But yeah. that's the stuff you deal with, dude. And, and like, I know for a fact he was going around and saying, I've got a costal, and then also I've got problems. And I'm sitting there oh. like, dude, yeah. like, you know, like I, I had a guy I sold a kit to, uh, and you you, you you would know him, but I, I, won't, I won't say his name, but he, I mean, he, was, he was banging my kit for ages and ages and ages because he's was having all these problems with it, um, like the steering, like fully, like, tightening up and binding. But it wasn't like a steering bind. Mm-hmm. And it's gone on for ages and ages and ages about it and I kept saying well sounds like it could be like this or your cross member or this is or whatever and I said I would pull that cross from brown because it's just been cut and shot by somebody and so they pull that cross mm. stock went in um, and, and you know a whole bunch of like physical things like that like the steering the column was touching dump because it was a Jay-Z and, uh. you know pump issues and stuff like that so there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm saying could be this could be this could be this Don't, It's not the kit but you know, keep trying this, but just kept bagging the kit. Kept telling everybody, you know, it was the, the kit was the problem. And then finally, takes the crossmember out, puts a stock cross. No, no, what he did is he put put the old steering he had back in, had the exact same problem, and then mm. finally changed the crossmember, and the crossmember had actually been welded crooked, and it was um, uh. I don't know if it was bending the the rack or if it was just uh whatever was happening, but it um, uh, is uh, yeah, so it that was that was the problem. Yeah,
0: and that's that's I mean, case in point. You brought up a, a little bit earlier. You were saying like you know people would throw them in there, and like some people, you, you would think most customers. You know, you don't want to you don't want to talk down to the customer, but some people, the things that you would take into consideration, most people would not. And one thing, because um, I deal with it for a lot here, and I, I I've set a lot of suspension. Some chats there. These cars are 25 years old. You don't know the history, and sometimes I've seen guys where their, their pickup points were different levels. Yeah. the actual frame yeah i'm like so you're i'm like dude it doesn't matter how much we align this you're fucking your your rails are bent and yeah. i had to tell one customer that i'm like dude he was like man it's off i'm like dude you, you know you i told i showed you the pictures you can take the radiator off you can see physically they're one is like a two centimeters or whatever higher than the other one that's fucking up your geometry i just right like off the using metrics I like hearing American. Yeah. yeah, you've been in Japan. Yeah, yeah. well, I've been, I've been in Japan too long, dude. I, I don't even know. Like, I know I'm all like I'm centimeters and in and KPA and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: dude, and like especially these Nissans, like these these old Nissans, man. All the cross, all the castor brackets are fucked. All yeah. the cross members are
2: fucked. I mean, yeah.
1: I've got a whole bunch of uh, ones <laughs> sitting there, and I go through them, finding ones without little hairline cracks, and you are not, not yeah. real visible ones, but you got to go look for them. Yep. and so most people think oh my my cross was all right i guarantee if you had a good look over it you'll find hairline cracks all through it yep. and 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 the, you know what bind loves you know what overseering loves you know what all the bad feelings that happen with with uh with kit's love they love flex they love yeah. they'll find that flex and as soon as they have that flex they'll f- pull into bind they'll do all the bad stuff that you don't like and um and so you know I always Always uh, you know, tell people the first thing you do is, is, is get rid of all that flex because mm-hmm. you know that that doesn't make a huge difference in cut and shut setups because you're not pushing to the limits. Like everything right. is kind of you know you know and um, it's, it's it's hard to explain all that. But you know the, the more the knuckle turns around, the more sensitive it becomes to any flex mm. because any uh, because any movement this or w- whatever, it, it, it a small amount of flex will mean the wheel can move a long way, right. and so. So I always, you know, I always say you've got to get rid of that flex. Go got to get rid of flex. And you've a perfectly good kit. And, and, but you start putting rose joints in, you start doing all that, and all that flex starts showing its head, and that's what's going to cause all these fucking problems. So, know. Um, you know, that, I don't know if you've seen that cross member. Of, I've got this coming out, whatever. But I'm really, really excited to kind of see more people using that um, because it just tidies everything up, and makes everything all mounted so solidly. Mm. And that's really finally what's happening because. Well,
0: I did it, see one. You you had one that had multiple like a like you had multiple adjustments on the member itself. Like that one. That's the yeah. of development or? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah so. so I've seen. I've seen. It. Yeah. So it, has, it has adjustment as well. But essentially, what it does is instead of having a cross member at the, uh, um, going going through the middle,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and then two caster brackets going to the front, what it does is each side is actually its own package. Right. And and then and then it links together with chromoly tube, chromoly mm-hmm. on the back, uh, chromoly. Um, Which and and that's actually removable. So it's Mm. a chromoly brace that goes between the two But what it does is because the most important geometry is the is the uh, Is the relationship between the car and the LCA and when those Mm. are flexing separate of each other? That's when you get kind of whack geometry Um, So so tying those into the same into the same unit, Which is all rigid in one unit means there's no flex difference between and the good thing is the LCA um, side uh, essentially braces the cast rod side and the cast rod side brace the LCA side. They work together. So those arms that are coming off your chassis rail are not moving. They are not moving at all there. They are, they are um, sitting in there in their pivot point not moving at all. The problem with the stock is you've got these. you don't have a K frame. You've got a cross here cast rod bracket here and they just flex because mm. they're not tied into each other. So they just flex freely of each other. So mm. um, having them tied in as one unit and then you know the good thing is 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 then the engine mounts are off those individual pieces so you can actually mm. have your engine mount uh, engine mounted and you can actually pull your rack off at, in, in one piece and you can have oh, that sure. whole clear space so if you want to play with the sump if you want to do all that you can do all that because you just take the, the power brace and the thing and the thing off and you've got a complete open crossmember that's right, being right, right, right. It's being held held up by the two side mounts mm. and so it's super rigid you have the adjustment you can move your rack um, you can move your rack forward. You can move your old cross member forward so you can actually bolt it um, the whole thing forward.
0: Right. Um, right you see, that's what but, which
1: you have to do at a certain point because obviously your LCA mounts here. At a certain point when you move your rack forward, uh, it's just going to start hitting your LCA. So if you move right. everything forward 20 mil, that actually gives you that space and everything like that. And then you've got the, the rack on a slider so that you can move the rack forward and back how much you mm-hmm. want. You can go to the track Um, You can go to the track and just try different settings you can try moving your rack forward another five mil another ten mil You can you can play around with that just like you can play around with anything else You just have to slip on the on the on the column You know obviously that's to be loosened so the spline can move but you know you can you can play around with that too. like there's there's so much adjustment also the other thing it does is because it's just a a one-inch chromoly tube that goes between them with um, Gusseting on the sides what it means you have heaps of clearance so you you can move that rack for for, for, uh, further forward the normal because obviously in a normal crossmember you've got a, a big box section, which hit right. which if you move a certain mount forward it will start hitting the sump. With right. This you've got just a one-inch chromoly tube yeah, which has right all that over, strength. Yeah. You've got more space you can move f- further forward. Right. So this that's is all, once that's again, also
0: better. It's also better as well for like uh, in a situation engines going to move around depending on the, the type of mount. So like this fouling because you'll see with some of those kits some I've seen pictures of guys uh cracking and puncturing their sumps off of different. They don't. They just don't. They don't take into account yeah, the ship's gonna move around. Yeah. They'll smash it. <laughs> so, but that clearance right there is definitely good, man. Yeah,
1: and, and like there's a whole bunch of things. I mean, you've got adjustable, you know, uh, roll center, so you can move up and down. Um, mm-hmm. The the engine plates are removable, so you can actually put, so you can change it to SR or you can lift the engine oh, up, You can nice, slide man. it back and forward, so you can move the engine wherever you want. You can lift it, raise, you know, do whatever you want. Um, and then also the good thing is because it's just these front parts here, you don't have a tie into the rad support. So if you're doing a custom rad support, you don't have to you don't have to account for the stock position of the cast rod brackets. You know, mm-hmm. there's two bolts to the front. You can right. just you can either not run anything or we have supports, which just have a bearing on the end of it. So a mm-hmm. spherical home joint on the end of it. So you can tie them in at whatever length they're turnbuckled. So you can you can put a, a, a mount tab wherever you want on your rad support to take the bracing. Or you can not run them because to be honest it's probably strong enough not to run them but you know if if you can why not kind of thing but you know if you have a big front end hit those things will just move out of the way they'll just bend the alley they'll just move out of the way so you can have a decent hit and if you've got a decent you know radiator and front mount setup you could probably just keep going you know Hmm. um so um so you know you can just you know, fi- fix whatever you need, but it's not going to affect your. It's not going to affect all your uh, suspension geometry. You're not going to ruin all your all your mounts stuff like that. So, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff to it. I, I, I you know, I really like it just from, a, you know. But the main thing is how rigid it makes everything, and it just reduces that flex. Um, you know, even if you've got stock stuff, just plate the hell out of it. I put a bit of RHS, you know, square tubing up into the caster rod brackets jam it up there welded in there do whatever you can to make that as rich as possible because you know even on a non-big lock setup it's it's you know even like a normal one it's still going to help heaps um just because the metal's so old and and just so much fatigue in the metal that it just you know just flexes too much
0: yeah man a couple got a couple more questions man before i before i get out of here man let's go man all right so like explaining all you explain with everything you just said uh how was your kits as far as like, um, like you got, you know, D1, FD, all these guys like that. Anybody from these, these, uh, places using your kits and already like legal in these organizations as well? Or, do you know uh, do?
1: so, so basically cross member is, is an iffy one. Uh, right. I think in a lot of situations, even though you can duplicate stock geometry, um, I, in, in a lot of situations that they pretty much say it has to be stock. So right. the cross member is a, um, a bit of a shitty one. Um, doesn't, um meet some of the, the regulations which i think is stupid um I, I think um you know because a car with a, a k frame is naturally just going to have an advantage it just doesn't make sense to me just the same the same as the rule like um in our regulations that are for, for our series like there's the, you know there's often we see this regulation where it says you know the, for the for the top towers it can only move within the pcd of the holes Mm-hmm. So for a max strut, it can only move. Uh, it can only move within the PCD of the holes. I think that's, that's a stupid idea because if you have um, if you have a car with a big PCD, they just get more regu- They get less regulation. They can move right. it further. It just makes no sense. Why wouldn't you just have a fixed number? Okay, 100 mil from from uh, are we location? You mm-hmm. know why not just make it like that rather than within the standard PCD? So I think there's a few regulations which don't make a lot of sense. I think rear crossman makes. A bit more sense but I think I think if the if the regulation is you know as long as the geometry is not being moved um, that far from standard ie you could go get this cross member approved because engineers go away they figure it out yep this has the same geometry or um, as as factory now mine you have adjustments but Mm -hmm. the only reason why I have adjustments is because the fact that right now there's there's not really many regulations not that I can see where they allow an aftermarket cross member but it has to be standard geometry. Hmm. So, except for the, the rack being move. So if that existed, I would make one that just doesn't have the additional holes. So you it would just have just factory geometry. Standard holes. Yeah, exactly. But I see no need right now because, um, uh, yeah, because it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but, um, I think that should be a case because like, dude, it, it how flimsy your cross member is should not, like it you, you, just because they like, like they shouldn't have an advantage you should be able to get an aftermarket piece which just keeps it rigid it's not giving you i think the idea of the i think the idea of the the legalities behind it is we don't want people having these custom geometry cars you know complete mm. custom geometry where there's a full race spec
0: Subframes. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like dude, like come on, dude. This is, dude, we're not talking about F1 here, man. Like you no. know, F, where where that that can give you a considerable amount of advantage when you're competing for what you're competing for in the money you are. When it well, like you said in the beginning, man. The the amount of nobody's making money off drifting, but companies that you know they you know they got their their banners up and everything and they got the people buying their for their mustangs and uh all that stuff like that so like they're the only ones benefiting from this so why not make it the wildest fucking show you can make to get more people in to get more money
1: yeah if you're letting people run whatever yeah. horsepower they want why not let them run whatever cost they want yeah. i mean because i mean i, I mean if, it, as far as i'm concerned as far as i'm concerned you know i would almost make the front end I almost make the front end open. The rear end Mm -hmm. becomes an issue because, because I don't think you're, I don't think you're um, losing any spect spectacle with with cars within. So I mean, I think if anything, you're creating more of a spectacle because it means people can push hard without worrying about spinning or whatever. So we're going to see less boring runs. But I think the rear end, you know, there's a case, there's a case for that where it's saying, you know, if someone can spend, you know, fifty thousand, hundred thousand, developing a rear end, which is just going to leave everybody for dead, th- there's a case for that where it's like, oh, that's just going to be boring to watch, right. um, and uh, whatever, it, if if someone makes a case for that, but I think front end doesn't make a lot of sense. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think everybody's pretty much getting most of what they're getting out of it. It just means that some um some cars are just at a real disadvantage and it's just mm. like like some cars you just like you know it's it's, it's kind of like the rails in a GD86 it's like it's <laughs> like it's almost it's almost making it so you just don't want to buy that car but you kind of right. do it because anyway it's good outside of it. but I, I don't think that there are probably some cars with cross members and steering setups at the front where it's like it's like if, if I could use this car if I wasn't so restricted, Right. Like if I could just completely max strut this, like just put all S chassis front end in it and make it, or whatever front end in it, and I could make this car good. I think it would just give you more variety. And I don't think yeah. they're gaining an advantage, um, or that much of an advantage, if any at all. Um, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, like why you'd restrict it, because you know it's it's just like let people go a little bit crazy in the front end of, of these cars. Yeah. Like it it just you shouldn't it shouldn't just like a car just because a car has a better front end off the shelf. Just because has a few little tweaks at the front end, uh, it shouldn't shouldn't mean that that car anyone driving that car should have a, so much more of an advantage. It should be able to level the playing field. But yeah,
0: mm. that's kind of like you take it like a because I have one outside my uh, my DR thirty, uh, and it's like you, you got you know the box string, <laughs> the old school box style string is like if you change that to a. I mean, I'm going to do mine eventually because that shit sucks, man. It, yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, it's heavy as hell. So I want to, you know, put it – but that, I'm not competing in that car. So you put S13 or whatever, R32, rack on there and modernize it front and rear and everything. But, yeah, man, it's it's, it's weird how um certain things get denied and, and certain chassis don't. And that's kind of a great segue because the question I want to ask you, man, in your opinion, what's the absolute worst stock – Suspension setup in your opinion and what's the, what's your favorite, most favorite setup in in your opinion? Suspend uh, like I because I for me, for example, I, I love the R thirty three, but as I advanced with the R thirty three, the up I noticed the I noticed that higher speeds that because the upper upper control on the way it's set up and how you know how the R thirty three is set up. It, it feels more unstable to me. Uh, as i started getting faster then if i went as fast as i did with my rb26s13 with you know a different kind of suspension yeah. setup so uh, what, what's your opinion on that
1: i would i would say of the of the main cars um of what like, especially the nissans like that it's probably the r32 um, there's not a lot you can do with r32s if anything r33s and r34s um, actually have a fair advantage mm. um like because uh, R 32, uh, sorry R 33 R 34 is they actually have a genuine double wishbone, you know, they have
2: right. Right, to the
1: top, right. You can do it and the other thing is they've really tucked in the the coil over um, mm. Into into in, in, into the package a lot better than R 32 R 32. It's sitting out and You're actually just physically limited with that strut like um, on on your on your um, trailing wheel mm. um, basically uh, It's limited by the wheel hitting the coil over hits quite early can't move the coil over sitting there so you basically have to space you have to put spaces on the on the right. wheel to space it out to not hit it right and then on the on the lead wheel you're actually physically limited um by the knuckle hitting the um uh by the knuckle hitting the up control arm and there's nothing right. you can do to that except for modifying that control arm doing stuff like that so you're just physically limited um, unless you got a completely custom up control arm, which um, which takes care of all that, you, you're pretty limited into what you can do. Um, whereas r 3 R34, like um, it actually tucks everything away and you can actually run quite a bit of lock clearance wise. Mm. Um, and then obviously, because they're d- proper double wishbone, you can actually run rose joints at the top because mm. you've got you, can, you, know, you, have your, you, you know your two joints um, uh, going into the chassero, whereas an R32, because there's only one mounting point, Right. Uh, to stop it from... if You you know, if you run a rose joint there, it'll just obviously just collapse over. Um, so you have to run a, a urethane bush or something like that in there. And so you're always relying on a soft bush in there. And it's always binding up with, if, when you put more caster in and shit like that. So it's just, it's just not a uh, nice thing. So I, I actually have... Uh, Max strut conversion kits for the for the R32. So you can just bolt them into the standard thing, and it bolts all up into place. And then right. you can either just fix it with some bolts, or give it a tack weld, or whatever, just to hold it in place. But it essentially, um, you know, it makes the conversion a bit easier, adds rigidity into it, and stuff like that. But um uh, yeah, I, I I think that's that's probably your best option with an R32. I still sell basic R32 kits, and I have a lot of guys running my kits in r32s and love them um but if you want to go to that next level of lock you know um you know real wild then um it's a max strut and so it's pretty much getting rid of all the other two shit
0: right right what would you say what's the worst setup you work with in your time man the one you 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 just don't want to you don't like setting up you don't like using in your opinion
1: yeah it was thirty two. (laughs) 32,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, 32. It's,
1: it's just everything it's, you know, yeah. it's because it's fixed. Like when you put in cast trail and you do all different, all different things, the max strut just absorbs it because you have this, you know, um, you know, um, you know, spherical bearing up the top, which just takes all of that. Whereas with, mm. um, with, with the, you know, the, the R32 or whatever, everything is, you got all these, you know, you got this Kingpin um, inclination, um, and so, everything kind of when it stops aligning with that, it starts shifting everything, pulling bushes, and, and just starts binding everything up. So, it's not a fun thing. So, like, you know, people will set up these and you turn them in the air, and you'll be like, oh, when they get yeah. on the ground, they're fine, but you can feel it yeah. moving around the bushes and binding up the bushes and stuff like that. And it's, so, it makes it a lot harder, whereas, um, you yeah, know, because everything's going to be in line with the kingpin. Otherwise, it, it starts trying to have to wobble the, the, the kingpin. And that's when it starts pulling in all the bushes. So everything has to be in line and it makes, you know, uh, adjustable. Like I was looking at the ability of doing adjustable KPI mm. on a R32. And I looked at how I could do it and I'm like... Phew. Uh, you can do it but you'd yeah. have to everything you'd, <laughs> you have to change that and then you have to change this you have to yeah. constantly you have to give people a, like a, a user manual to be like if you change this much you'll have to put in this many spaces here to keep the yeah. inclination lining up with the, the lower arm otherwise it'll start pulling everything off axis and all that and i'm sitting there like this is too hard like it's it's just yeah. you want to keep things simple at the end of the day if you really want to go that crazy go max drop um yeah. you know it's, it's probably the easiest thing to do
0: yeah man and then in actually I lied, man. One more like in your opinion, man, sway like what there's always a, a debate about, you know, you I've 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 run because I've had the shit broken or whatever, like no sway bars in the rear. I've had no sway bars in the front, you know, thick sway bar in the front, nothing in the rear, man. What's your opinion on opinion on sway bars? Is it just kinda like a more of a a personal a personal feel or is it a, a necessary thing in your opinion?
1: Um I think once again it depends on it depends on the chassis. I, like if I if I stick specifically to the SNR chassis
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think so you know one thing you get when you um, one thing you get when you when you start, you know, doing a lot of big lock kits is obviously sway bars, one of these big things that sits in the in the way of everything right. and, uh, right, 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 right. So So a lot of my kits basically it's saying, you know, you know get rid of the sway bar right but <laughs> i started developing a high clearance sway bar to go with it and then i you know to be honest i looked at gk techs um sway bar and i thought you know if somebody wants it mm-hmm. you know get that because i looked into how much develop like i looked in developing and i'm sitting there like i don't even really believe in them right like like i like always having options so i always like the idea that if somebody wanted to run a sway bar they could run a sway bar but the more I looked at, the the more and more feedback I got as I got through these kids, because everyone always used to ask me that question, you know, what's the go of sway bar? You know, is it gonna feel like shit? And I said, Look, give it a shot. But everybody that does it, pretty much everyone, um, they're always worried and they always do it. They drop the sway bar, they go out there and the car feels better. Uh, a yeah. front, front sway bar.
0: I've no, so, I've experienced it personally, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty much the general response I get back. I'm I'm, I'm sure there are people that, that haven't had that experience. Although how much is that and how much is something else they've changed, I don't know. But mm. the general consensus is, take out that front sway well, feels a lot better for most people. So with that in mind, I was like, do I really want to spend a lot of time developing this? Um, only to not really. And I'm like, look, check it, Tech looks pretty good. Um, oh, you know, I would just point people and say, look, if you if you want to run with that, you can run the Jigga Tech one. Not a problem. My LCAs right. do have. Um, uh, LCS do have a spot for sway bars typically that's people that want to do grip stuff as well they'll put their sway mm-hmm. bar back in to do to that stuff like that and so they'll put them back in run them and then take them out for drift so each their own with all that um, and then the question becomes well if, you, if you've if you taken the front out should you take out the rear and that's normally the right. normal case I, um, I I you know I, I think this is an old school kind of thing where we, we learnt you know um, you know you know, we used to obviously put GDR sway bars in the back. You remember that right. time where you buy GDR sway bars and you put them in the back to make it drift because it makes it more oversteer and oversteer is good for drift. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we kind of moved yeah. on from yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it was, it was the, I remember the old, old White Line, which is an Australian brand. We used to get these things called yeah. Pineapple. Yeah, I, 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 got, I got White Line. I got yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah got, so yeah. you get the package and it would, say, it would have three settings. It would have um, drag racing, circuit racing, and drift. and and basically drag was (laughs) drag was the um the most squat circuit was neutral and drift was uh was the most anti-squat you know because the idea is get rid of the grip of the rear kind of thing so um so yeah and then we found that most people started dropping the rear sway bars. And so this is even before people were dropping the front sway bars. Right. And
0: most guys are dropping the front sway bars simply because they were doing RB and Jay-Z swaps and they didn't have the spacer or the kit to, you know, yeah. lo- locate it down and forward a little bit. Yeah. Or the, or the white, white line is the one I run on my RB26 because it, it went around the pan
1: and yep. it, you didn't have to cut yes. the pan out and
0: the swap and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, most people, but most people had been, you know, dropping the rear sway bars, and and even if they still had their fronts in, they were like, that's where a lot of people were getting a little g- rear grip. Mm. Um, but but I would but I would say I'm always cautious to say that, although I have seen people recently um, that people were saying, oh, you know, I've still got the sway bar, and I said, oh, dude, take that out, like, get rid of that. <laughs> I've gone it out, and they're like, oh my god, that's so much more grip. But yeah. i I'm, I'm always kind of mindful to say that like, every, where we got all those reports back was a long time ago when you know this knowledge came in that oh dropping that rear sway bar is actually quite good for rear grip so yeah. i'm mindful that like stuff has moved on a bit and like i certainly don't know when on like you know with fd doing stuff like that where they've gone pretty crazy all the setups i don't know yeah. the exact science i don't i don't
0: keep i don't keep up man. yeah
1: but but certainly with it with the with the more basic setups and everything like that it, it seems to be still the case but like with the amount of drop knuckles people are running with you know like um with with the different uh, coilovers, like we've got a brand over here called Shockworks, which um, mm. which you know I push out as much as possible because they make they make really good really good stuff. But they tend to go on the more soft side of things, which is so we're finding a lot of the cars are, you know, you know we used to run a lot of Japanese and Chinese and Taiwanese coilovers, and now we're running um, the Shockworks, which do have they have a much more um, you know, approach which was softer, you know, a bit, bit softer and et cetera, etc mm. So. I don't. I can't say for complete certainty that like it's still the case, but definitely you know, back back in the old days, dropping out the rear sway bar seemed to help, right. and I think it's still the case. Like I think you still you still gain it, but like like I said, every car is different. Yeah, um,
0: and I, I got one one last man. One last personal question of my own. Yeah, uh, is the um these are all these are like stuff I kind of like. I've wanted to talk to you for years about this stuff, and uh, one thing I, a lot of guys I was told by Siwanaga of Team Orange. He was like, uh, he was like, that sway bar, take it off, and I took it off, and I noticed, because I was my car's everything's feeling really tight. I took the sway bar off, and I noticed, I noticed a little bit more smoother transition versus I had the sway bar and it was tight and torqued down. He was pretty much explaining to me like, you're if you're if the right side is dipping down doing whatever, it's pulling, is pulling your other side or vice yeah. versa. Is that what? Is that your? experience yeah. or
1: yeah I mean the thing about sway bars is anybody that doesn't doesn't know no, fully my, my bit,
0: my bit. Strut, strut tower bar oh
1: strut oh strut strut yeah. uh, brace yeah cause I, um, I mean cause it's like
0: you got the strut brace up top and you got you know the sway bar bottom and it seemed like and it does in three if you got a really nice beefy that it's not an ebay shitty one that's gonna bend anyway. yeah most of <laughs> <Yeah>. the strut <laughs> brace <are gonna laughs> I'm like that's gonna yeah. be up
1: I've seen good Cusco ones and then like yeah. bad Cusco ones. Like I had this one in my 32 and it was like yeah. all like solid steel tubing and everything like that. Yeah. I'm like, that did a good job. And then i see the other Cusco ones where they're like this light alley that goes across and like this, this with, with a fucking alley. Bolt. And I'm like, how yeah. does one brand have one which would clearly do something and one which clearly wouldn't do yeah. anything? But, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, <laughs> look, I, I try and run them. And you know yeah. what? I don't think the difference they make is is that huge. Okay. But, and I and I really I really rely on a experience I had as, as a kid when I was building my first car, and I bought this Cusco one, which I still have, which I put I put on my dad's car because because <laughs> uh, uh, I run a custom stuff for mine. But yeah, yeah. But, um, but I remember putting it on as a kid, and you know I'd I'd go out for a, for a run in the hills and putting it on and instantly the mid corner um understeer was a lot less and it was Mm. literally drive put it on go out there and the mid corner understeer was just just grip stuff like that and that's pretty much that is pretty much the only genuine back-to-back kind of thing i've ever had with the with a strut brace because i don't think whatever you're going to see is going to be that big um i i certainly don't but I, i i do think i do think making it as rigid as possible between, um, between uh, you steering on a, a suspension on each side. So obviously the rear is not a big issue because you got a subframe bracing right. it all. and the the strut, uh, the the the, the coil dampers, they connect. They don't have any impact on geometry. Right. So it doesn't matter that they're mounted to there, and there's could be flex there. The 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 the, the subframe keeps the geometry really um, steady in the, in the rear. At the front. You've always got a big gap there. And so right, making this,
0: this, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Making making suspension um, making suspension uh, as rigid as possible and not flexing as much as possible, I've always found has been better. Yeah. Um, at least the geometry points, you know, you pick up points. Making sure they don't vary is the most critical right. thing. Basically what I was saying before with with the cross member. So I, yeah. I always think putting a brace there um, especially like triangulating one if you can. Getting something that's really rigid, I think is important. But where I differ is I'm also a big anti rigidity in the rest of the chassis. Mm. So, you know, I always remember that, you know, talking to a Japanese and, and everything and, and I always used to see they used to run bolting cages. And I thought I thought a lot of it was because um you know, maybe they just didn't didn't care as much or it was just the market or whatever. But I talked to a few of them and they they, they said, um, no, that we, we like the extra, we don't like it being too rigid. We like having yeah. a bit of flex in the chassis. Yeah. And I always remember that and, and, and kind of thinking and, and I've I've seen some builds from these cars and, you know, stuff like uh, you know, where where they're crazy rigid and not liking the look of how they move around and stuff like that. Mm. And you know, it's funny I've owned a lot of Sephuros and a lot of Laurels. And yeah, as I was, as I, yeah. And, yeah, and I, was, I saying, yeah. you know, earlier on, I was saying, you know, the only real difference between these chassis is one is full framed doors and obviously pillared with a sephi, and the the laurel like are in a chassis is is mm-hmm. frameless windows and pillars, so there's a lot more flex in the laurel, or at least in, in the in the mid section of the chassis. And I can tell you, I've driven enough Steffys and Laurels. I'm telling you right now, the Laurel is a better car to drive. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it, it feels a lot better. And there's no real other differences. I mean, everything else is, is pretty much the same. It's, it's cosmetic except for the fact that it has more flex in the chassis. So, mm. um, And I've found that to be the case. You know, cars with, with bolting cages, I've, I've preferred over, over it. So I like the flex in the mid-chassis. Obviously, you want to restrict some of it. But between between your your your, your front your, your left and right in mm. the in your front and rear get that rigid between the two get that as rigid as possible right and when it comes to the rear and the front uh, front and the back and having flex throughout the chassis I actually like a bit of flex there mm. I don't I don't like having that too rigid so that's that's my opinion on that I, I, I would I would try and run a strap brace if you can um, mm. the the sway bar is is, is is makes it a lot more of a dramatic um situation because you're literally you literally you know essentially if this one's compressing it's trying to compress it's trying yeah, to compress yeah. this one up with it and so it's, it's 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 lifting the inner it's it's doing all this stuff like that so um that makes a pretty drastic consideration and and one thing a lot of people don't take into consideration and oh, i'm not gonna go too crazy with this but this is this is something really important people got to remember when you're, and this goes back to what I was saying about, um, you know, every car's different and, you know, Ackerman and everything like that with, with each car. So what people got to remember is that, you know, as a car goes, as cargos uh, the wheels go through its compression cycle. They do tow and move around with bumps, to right. stuff like that. Um, and even if they, even if they're not necessarily, um, you know, moving separate of each other, they, they can move together with each other and just move slightly different rates. And what that means is that, you know, it's like when you when you put your car up in the air, and you you know you go to full lock, and people are like, oh, the wheels are like completely out, and it's like, yeah, wait till it gets on the ground. Yeah, wait till uh, yeah. Yeah, no, and then, when you, and then, and then yeah. when you get it on the ground, people put up, then people put it on the ground, and they go to lock, and then they say, oh, we'll look at it like that, and um, once right. again, I'm once again, once again, I'm like, that still doesn't tell you the situation, because when you're at when you're at um, angle, and it de- and it depends on whether you're on a sweeper. Or coming slowing into a corner, your inside, your 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 leading wheel is compressing a lot, and your trailing wheel is uncompressing because it's, it's getting mm. loaded up. So they're at different compression um uh, uh points. So the the toe of this one is being changed because it's being compressed, and this one's changing in another way. And because they're changing like that, your acumen is is essentially changing. So sitting on the ground, even with weight on and it's being pushed in like that, there, it's, the Ackerman's going to be different, it's going to change. And mm-hmm. so changing your suspension um, is going is to mean that your actual Ackerman or the curvy Ackerman is going to change because they're going to compress at different rates. And it's the same thing with a sway bar. Running a sway bar, or not running a sway bar, is, one's going to lift the wheel and one's not going to mm-hmm. lift the wheel. And that's going to mean that that is going to be at a different amount of angle, slight different amount of angle, when you're going through the same corner. So your Ackerman is actually going to be affected by that sway bar. Now there's a million things which affect your Ackerman, but it's just, it's something to remember how you have all these knock-on effects and sway bar just isn't just fuel. Essentially, at what rate of, comp- uh, where these com- um, compress will completely change your Ackerman. It's the same reason that going into a corner hard where you're breaking into a corner and you're slowing into a corner, you're actually gonna have different Ackerman than when you're on the power gliding through a corner because one, you're slowing up and the car is slumping over and compressing one one side more, right. and the other side's going the opposite and the other one because you're going through the corner and they're evening out and there's less, less weight on them they're even up they even up a fair bit so sway bar seems like it's just a little bit but it actually completely changes the feel and 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 the ackerman um and yeah and, and then obviously the feel on top how the car rotates and transfers and all that so yeah a lot to that but yeah, yeah. I, I, you know I mean? I could go. Into, I could
0: go into yeah, you, this form. is we. Def- man, definitely this is like the the first of many, man. Because like I say, I, I just kind of want to definitely touch bases back with you again as your as your uh, your products um, uh, progress even more. like to say that the uh, the subframe, which I've seen a bunch of those coming out now. Um, I'm coming back. Well, I was gonna return back this year, but after you know all this Corona stuff going, on, I hope you're safe over there. Yeah, all we we're stuff pretty, going we're on, pretty, man. We're pretty good here. Yeah. How's it going over and there? But it seems like well, over here, man. Like this season, like one thing is is giving is giving guys a few more months to, to finish their car So everybody's kind of throttled back. Like yeah. oh, I can I can relax. But I, man, I, I don't foresee any events happening until almost June. Man, that's the end of the season. That's yeah. <laughs> that's I, like uh, this whole this whole season is a wash uh, for everything, yeah. man. Every yeah, I mean, motorsports, sport, sports, football, UFC, everything is just like.
1: Fought, I guess man. we're we i mean i guess with australia we're kind of lucky that we kind of run all, all, all year round with drift um yeah but um but i think i think for us we are looking at a few kind of options with just running these uh events where basically all the drivers are isolated you know they have their own little pit bays with you know one mm-hmm. or two pit crews and they are not to you know they're not to move me, me, into oh, in any yeah. other spaces and having just a, a small amount of drivers so they can be isolated enough in their groups Sending him out on track, um, going out on track, and then basically running, relying on a live stream yeah. instead of having a instead of having a crowd there. Yeah. Um, I can imagine
0: a situation where somebody wants to borrow a tool. Like, hey man, get the fuck away from me, man! Like, like yeah, well, you know it's, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna be strict because it's like I guess we just look at it and be like like
1: you know at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, man, it's that i'm not running. So I kind of think people will be understanding. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing is we've got to keep our sanity in this and be like, you know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, um, you know, Australia seems to Australia's be doing pretty good with it. Um, you know, it can uh, go turn to shit at any any stage, but we do have to keep our sanity in and have to realize that like life does have to go on. But it's mm-hmm. I don't think it's about stopping doing certain stuff. I think it's about just doing it smart. Like, right. I mean, if, if, if you look at logistically how we could run this, we could say, well, just don't do it. And it's like, yeah, but if you look at it, there's not many risks being taken here and everyone's isolated. Mm-hmm. Nobody's touching each other. Everyone, the only time anyone's near each other is when they're in a, like is when they're on near on, on, on track together and they're in a little bubble and in, in the, the car. car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah.
1: think we've got to be realistic about this and say like, you know, um, you know, I know it seems kind of, well, it's selfish or whatever, whatever, but like the way I look at it, man is at some stage of life does have to go on it has to, and man. be and smart it, about it, be yeah, smart it about the real thing. And, and don't just be smart about it when we're taking doing this. It's like, you know, I I have to keep going around for work. You know, like I have to go mm-hmm. to my supplies and do all that stuff like that. You know, and and I think the critical thing is not just sitting there and saying, "Well, this is essential," so I can just go do it. Being mm-hmm. like, "All right, it's essential, but I still got to fucking think about what I'm doing. Still got to like mm-hmm. take all the precautions and do all that shit like that." And I'd rather be doing stuff and taking the right precautions and eliminating the risk than just saying, nah, fuck it, I'll just sit inside and do nothing." Yeah, like, like I'd some rather- people like
0: some some people want to do that. It's like right now, it's a split between. Those you, you're seeing it right now. I mean, yourself, me, uh other guys who are out there like go getters who want to get shit done. They got your own. You got your own goals. You got your you know what you're trying to do. Then you got the guys who want to be. They're not really motivated anyway. And this is perfect for these guys because they have an excuse now to sit yeah. home and be lazy asses. And that's like yeah. that for us, man. It's like nah, dude. We I, I personally don't like being stuck anywhere and I haven't been honestly I've been I, I'm moving all around Japan but I go to Tokyo I don't I don't link I don't mingle I just I drop the cars over of Yokohama and I leave I don't yeah, yeah. so like you said being smart don't hang out yep. there don't don't,
1: don't hang touch out and touch your face yeah. like just yeah. just like don't do yeah. any like I just you just float through places make sure you're not around people like yeah. some essential shit you got no choice like if you go on the shop to get get food and stuff like that if you if you're you know if, you, if you're getting groceries and stuff like that you know what but just be smart when you're doing it. Do as little as yeah. you can, do whatever. But I think it means like, you know, I've got people saying like, oh, just don't go out at all. I'm like, okay, but what if I just go out? Don't go around <laughs> anybody. Only stand in my car. Go out. Don't touch anything. Do it. And they're like, I no, don't do that. It's like, yeah, but there's no yeah. risk of any transfer here. Like yeah. <laughs> if you're you're sitting in your own car, you're not you're not around anybody. If I go out and drive yeah. out into the middle of the desert and stand out in the middle of the desert, people will say, no, you can't do it. It's not essential. And I'm sitting there like, Yes, but yeah. you're not touching them. You're not around anywhere. You're not touching anything that could be infected. Right. You're, you are in isolation just as much as you're in isolation at home, if not worse, mm. because you're still around people at home, you know, if you've got yeah, other people you're living. you yeah. You know, so I, I think we're just going to be smart about it. But at the end of the day, I'm completely okay with the government. Or, well, you know, I'm not. But I, I understand the government saying don't go out mm. because, you know, what? most people are too fucking stupid to realize, to realize, you know, that uh, just go out. You know, when you say non essential, you know, what they're really saying is like, because most people won't take the precautions. You know, mm-hmm. if you let people go out there and do whatever they want, they won't take the precautions. Right. So, right. but yeah, I hope, hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully we can get some some events done
0: about yeah, that. I lost, I lost a good amount of money, man. Uh, I mean, since the right before they announced it, and as soon as they announced it, it just like I had multiple cancels. I've, 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 to, to date, I did the math last night. I've estimated the about 16... Now I'm up to about 16 grand uh, lost money potential. But, to, I mean, it, it wasn't in my hands, but it was going to be coming. Yeah, and yeah. And then customers canceled. So that was... You know, I mean, that's a, a good... I mean, it's a good grip of cash, man. It's a... You know, I'm still in startup phase even four years in. I'm growing fast, but that's a lot. I can't... I can't really... I can't brush it off like, ah, oh, whatever. But that's affected me
1: a uh, big time. Yeah. So, yeah, man. It, it sucks. And it's it's yeah. hard finding that balance, man. Like yeah. I, I won't pretend that I've got the fucking answer because I don't think anybody fucking knows what's going on. Yeah. I just um I like, I think if we can run events and if we can get if we can do it safely, um I know mm. there have been events run here where the police have checked off on and said, look, you're doing everything right. We'd rather see you guys actually like, doing stuff and and making sure some money's still moving around and actually these these places are still existing because that's the other thing we got to remember is these tracks they don't get money coming in you know, what yeah, happens
0: that's business and it so goes.
1: so we've got to, we've got to look at if we if we can support these guys safely mm. and you know like at the end of the day if if the risk is you know one in a million to do this event but every day i'm going out to the shops it's one in a thousand and right. i think we've got to look at it and say look you know we should be able to run these events if the, if the risk is low enough um and if it's you know if it, if it at least gives some sort of normal you know uh, you know if it, if it gives some some push with keeping some places open if it keeps things moving if it does something um and it, you know gives these guys a chance i mean look you know as well as i do how many people there are out there including my including myself and maybe yourself but like drifting is not just a fun thing to do it keeps yeah. a lot of us sane yeah. um and and i know a bunch of people that are like seriously like getting on getting um itchy yeah. and i used to get it as well especially in the old days if i didn't drift for a while <laughs> i would get really irritated and and just feeling down and you didn't really know why and you go out and drift and you'd be good for an, you know for a few yeah. weeks or a month or something like that so then we got to keep that in mind like you know this you know making sure you know people take care of themselves it's not just about making sure you know they never go outside it's like yeah like make sure people are healthy make sure people are actually yeah. like if 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 this is going to go on for another six months or something like that, or, or a year, I can imagine. Man. If it, what does that mean for you know mental health issues? You know yeah, depression, that men- like mental that. health.
0: Like, and then, like you said, like like a lot of guys said, like you know, it's not. You know, I, I don't even look into suicide rates since all this went down. But like you know, a lot of people are getting mentally disturbed because they're lo- they're they're losing cash and they don't have any other resources to bring any other cash. Uh, for my business, I have lost money, but I got other avenues to make money. That's within my business, uh, and I, I can only Im- I can only imagine the people who bought houses. Right, I mean, right before this kicked off, four you know four weeks ago ish, uh, people have bought houses, people have opened up shops or companies, and they have no customers. Like, and they they're about to fold before they they didn't get a start. It's like a shitty time, yeah. and the st- stimulus is not really the three thousand dollars or the that uh, the japan is talking about which by the way i'm a foreigner i pay taxes twice and i'm not eligible yeah i because, saw that i saw that with Luke <laughs> status i yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude that's a punch in the stomach man well, that, and, you know, uh, that's, i love japan but they're like very a with japan yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you've been here enough to know that and, we, and that's a whole different topic man but in yeah, yeah. Uh, america's offering what 1200 like did that 1200 in 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 that's not going to buy me your fucking kit. So
1: what is, it's like, yeah, we, we, we are, yeah. we we're probably, we're, we are lucky in Australia. Um, yeah. but you know, I think, um, yeah, you know, I think, I, I think our, I think our bigger worry is, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that are, that are really worried about, you know, their future with, with all stuff like that. but I, I actually think right. a lot of the worry here is, is how the hell are we going to pay this back? Because Australia is going, you know, they are yeah. doing a reasonable amount. So there's a lot of money going into, um, to people to to account for a lot of this but it is like shit we're taking a lot of money out right how how are we gonna do it but i guess that's that's uh, once again who knows what the what the answer is um but if nothing else for now i think hopefully australians probably are safer than Mm -hmm. than a lot of our places you
0: got you guys are kind of like down like you know it's the, the prison well, I think camp. I, I can't
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Thankfully, like um, yeah. you know, but I think where I think it's maybe it's either six or seven hundred fifty dollars a week. I think uh, basically unemployment now, and, and everyone's oh. going on it. So, so, um, so it's not it's not an insignificant amount. And then we've got a um, a job keeper one, which is for people that are losing money. It's mm-hmm. basically a, um, a fund to to help uh, financially support people which are, are losing money. You just gotta, right. you just gotta show. I think you've show the loss, yeah. Show the losses, and then they basically come in and, and will um, will uh, support you on that as well. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a crazy time right now, but um, yeah. it's. It, I hope I hope drift doesn't come out. On, you know, like well, sorry. I hope there's a lot of there's a lot of things, but you know, on top of everything, um, you know, also kind of hoping. You know, yeah. drift my,
0: my feeling is yeah my feeling is like I said my feeling is drifting my feeling is all outlier things like you know even though it's pro drifting drifting uh I just mentioned UFC I'm not sure you follow it at all man but Dana white I, like, I do watch, yeah I that dude's like UFC. put that dude does not give a fuck about like he's he's gonna put on these events like he, he's not gonna head to people there and you know the fights cancel but he's he's pushing pushing and he's smart because yeah <laughs> He's smart because sure it's like, that, hey man, everybody else is not working. If, the, I'm, if, if I put on this event, everybody's gonna fucking tune in. Yep. That's major money, man. So yep. yeah, I, the, I, the crowd. Yeah, go ahead. Go.
1: No, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. And I, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and say it shouldn't happen because at the end yeah. of the day, like I said, if you're smart about it, if if you're really smart, about it, I mean, and that's the thing is, it's it's not a matter of you know, there's there's always something you can do. Like he right. could get, he could, like I said, take everyone out in a boat but then get everybody tested beforehand. You get, yeah. you know, you know, there's all those fucking rich people get, you know, and they, they got the money they they, got they're the paying. Money. They're paying to get their, themselves tested. All those, those, um, those celebrity schemes. Like if Dana was to say, like, we're going to have a crew of 20 people, you know, 20 people, or whatever basic, you know, film or whatever, Mm-hmm. and we're going to test everybody before they get on the boat we go on the boat you know um probably ppe on on anybody maybe except for the fighters at the other at time <laughs> or whatever know, that'd be, that'd be you weird. could do it. i mean at the end of the day <laughs> yeah. you, you could do it if yeah. you really wanted to and i think this yeah. this meant this this mentality that no just don't do it just don't do it it's like hang yeah on. he's like fuck that there's, like, there's, fuck always, it, a there's yeah. always a way there's always a way to do something there's a lot of yeah. high risk activities that we do on a day-to-day basis yeah. and it's all about risk mitigation it's like mm. you know you know, the, the UFC alone is a high-risk thing. You got people going yeah. to the fucking caging and their heads smashed together. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, th- that's the reason why we have doctors. We have we have all this. We have you know they've they've changed the weight cuts so that you know they they can rehydrate probably There's there's a lot of precautions that are taken and and another day, most sport is fucking dangerous and there's mm. a re- there's risk mitigation. I think it's no different in this situation here. Right. Yes, there's a risk of something um but like anything there's a certain amount of risk mitigation they can do to make sure it's 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 the the risk is as low as possible and, right. and to a point where you know like i said when you've got people going to the supermarket every single day and being crowded yes. around and most of them not taking any precautions putting 20 people on a boat that have all been tested and then put them in ppe like um you know yeah. um and and then you know doing everything anything that's not in the scheme of things, it's it's right. nothing compared to the, the you know to the well, riches out there. You know you know the the
0: fight the the event's actually going down. It's going down. Uh, they they dropped. No, uh, I actually haven't looked into it, so yeah, K- Khabib. Well, uh, the recent one, you know, Ferguson is still on there for the main event. They swapped uh, Khabib. Khabib got stuck in Russia. S- he didn't get stuck. I don't know. I don't want to get into that, man, but they got the, <laughs> the Gaethje fighting. So, they're going, they're going to fight somewhere in California. They they finally narrowed down a region, so it's happening in California somewhere. Uh, but so, they got – that event's still going to happen. Of course, there's not going to be any crowd. Like you said, same thing. Everybody that's going to be there, they're going to slim it down to the main – to the main, the most – at least amount of people that has to be there, the referees, the judges, the camera guys, and I guess one or two corner men. You can't have – five fucking corner people and the fighters that's it nobody yeah. else in their fucking arena and of course, the arena staff but there's no fans so there's no beers there's no concessions they're not doing all that stuff it's,
1: it's you know, definitely going to be um weird it's weird to, yeah it, the, like, la-
0: the, la- the the last one was weird it was kind of like uh,
1: yeah, yeah i didn't actually see that one i heard that it was yeah it was weird watched, dude. but yeah you can hear
0: the breathing you can hear like uh bisping bisping and those guys are like talking like golf like golf announcers at low like they're yeah. not, like, like
1: then. it's gonna be cool, though cause you can hear the shit talk a bit better.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of well, it reminds me of Pride, cause a lot, a lot of guys are not old enough to remember Pride uh, in yeah. Japan, and Pride was like quiet until yeah, because the Japanese did.
1: crowds were right. Yeah, because they were yeah, yeah. yeah you're so right. So it's kind of yeah. like
0: it's kind of like Pride <laughs> until like there's a submission or a knockout, and then they'd be like ah, and everybody goes crazy. Yeah, you're or, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's but I mean I did, I mean that's just a case of point. It's actually I I didn't know you follow UFC, so that's cool, but. Um, that, that was right there man like I, people give Dana so much shit man but I like his style because number one he's his own man he, he made he came from fucking nothing I mean you hear his story he came from nothing to where he is nobody gave him shit and he, he had multiple doors slammed in his face by New York commission all these other guys and he keeps and he, now he went from barely get, getting on TV to now being on fucking ESPN and that's like uh, for me man that, that for what I do uh, you know Going from a fucking backyard alley to a shop in Japan, man, and then like yourself, man, you know, just going from doing skids to being one of the, I, I mean, personally, man, one of the best guys in the fucking industry. In the yeah, I, out, I man. mean,
1: yeah. yeah. man Well, I think, yeah, I definitely respect. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I definitely, res- I respect the hustle and stuff like that. But um, yeah. and 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 it's it's kind of easy, especially in. UFC when you don't give as much of a shit yeah. because like and, it's, and they it's run harder in some the, of the other industries yeah. and because they got a know, commission yeah and that, and and yeah. you know and, and and I guess their fans are more like. Give, yeah. like more likely like <laughs> they don't give a shit they're like yeah just yeah. fucking do it like the animals yeah. like I love it like, it's, it's, it's just, like
0: this more nigga with TV. yeah exactly yeah, yeah I, I, I
1: just I find it I find it funny like I mean there's there's two parts the discussion you know you can say oh well it's about the spread and you know it might not be about them getting injured but it's about them spreading somewhere else I get look I understand that point but I just find it funny when people are like so worried about the risk of oh if they get it you know they could be you know it's, it's not worth the risk because you know it could kill them or whatever I'm like dude they're going to yeah. ring and fucking chill his heads off. And you know
0: and know? And, and as far as the fit, they're they're like uh, I was watching another podcast, and it was like everybody knows it, but some people don't. They uh, they again they only fight for what you know, fight three five minute rounds, or whatever it is. But they're in very fucking good shape. Mm. I mean, yeah. they're they're I mean, they're around. They probably got the best immune systems of most people because they're constantly in close contact with other humans, which means if you rub off on people, you get stronger. Versus being that, like, my wife, you know, I was trying to tell her, like, we got to get the kids doing jiu and judo and stuff like that because if they stay home and do stuff, they're going to have a weak immune system. Mm. Or if you keep if you keep fucking, every time they sneeze, you, you're putting medicine down their throats, they're not going to be able to naturally, uh, you know. They're yeah, only using
1: antibiotics if you really need right. to. You yeah, should like that, yeah. Like, I mean, and it's like the classic kind of, like, you know let your kids grow up in mud and shit like that yeah burning, yeah burnings. look and look I, look at the end of the day i don't know i don't know the fucking answer for sure but like <laughs> I, I know i know that over the years of like of, of a lot of traveling and a lot of fucking uh, you know yeah. just doing shit like I, my immune system is is you bitch uh, been <laughs> fucking
0: all over man. you drifted <laughs> like you drifted it's... on you drifted in of course australia i know you've been over to europe you had like a little two-year stint in europe when you opened up the uh a uh, track over there with yeah, the, you uh, I, actually BMW. Went, I
1: actually went back there um, yeah. only, only a, a few months ago it was just before uh not not long after not long before they they closed the borders but I was in i was in the um, I was in the UK oh, yeah. so um obviously UK is not doing too well either mm. um but yeah so I was I, I actually went back over the third time I was over there uh under new management now but um but yeah no I've, I've, and when I'm doing those trips you know I, I did America as well and and when I'm doing those those trips, you know, you're you're living off, you know, and you're living off yeah. nuts. You kind of, I'm I'm living in my car. Yeah, you know? I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm not, you know, you you're dealing with a lot of shit. You you know, you are having weekends where it's just a bender. You you drink it all things. So yeah, it does run down you a fair bit. But like I said, I'm I'm glad. Like as a kid, I kind of, you know, did spend a lot of time on the mud because. You know all those trips and shit like that. I would have been. I would have been fucked. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you're running down your body like no sleep, drinking all that shit. Foreign country, foreign bugs. You know. Um, but yeah, who knows? It. It. it I'm. i be interesting to see how things go. But we've we've got a um we've yeah. got an event next month, and we're gonna just play you and see how see how we go. But.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. That's that's you know that's that's you know one of the cool the, the coolest things again about this uh, wrap up on this man. It's like the the drifting man. The cool thing about it, man, is like we all we all do it worldwide, and you can go to a different country, man, not speak the language, and like you got that common. You don't have to say anything. You just got you just know the goal is to get sideways, stay sideways, you know, do as much you know smoke as you can and stuff like that. And it's a cool thing. Like I, I, you probably seen you seen the guys that drove from Germany to Japan.
1: Yeah, so that, Martin Martin. Well, I've yeah, been looking yeah, Martin, to do that yeah. for a while. I've been looking <laughs> to do that for a while. Um, yeah. I was looking into the ferries and seeing this. They've to some Russian dudes about it. Like, all yeah. oh, they need to get through, them are like... Mm, I'm going to get them dudes, here, man. AKs, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so sketchy, obviously, parts of, yeah. of, of Russia to go through them. So I re- that was like, one of the old ones. I wanted to do it from basically the UK yeah. um, all the way through to, to Japan uh, because UK has right-hand drive cars, so... Yeah. Um,
0: Smart. I don't know if, I don't know if they I don't know if they contacted Guinness, but I'm pretty sure man that's the longest fucking drift trek, man. Yeah. To my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. To my knowledge, man. And then like and the dude, and I met him, I uh the funniest shit, man, is I, I put a picture up a while ago when they I just randomly went to my guy in uh Saitama. I'm like, that fucking BMW looks familiar. No shit, it was these guys. there. my shit. guy Rahman had met up with him. He picked him up from port and then like so I, I followed these guys and then this fucking the, the scene, man. It's like that that right there showed me, man, how small the fucking scene is, man. So yeah, well, for, honest,
1: yeah. I mean, it's crazy, honestly, man, man I, I, that's basically what I've done with drift yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the whole way. Like, uh, not so much Japan because it's a little bit there's a little bit more isolated there. But obviously, yeah, yeah. I've had mates along the way. But mm. but you know, dude, with, with with Europe, I'd go over there for an event,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I go over there, and sometimes I I plan a few other events while I was over there. Uh, but I, that was basically just from shouting out and saying, "Hey, what's an event like?" That? Yeah, and people would just say, "Oh, we got this on. Uh, we'll bring, uh, give you a car or whatever." And, um, and I was like, "Yeah, sweet, no worries." And I'd get over there, and I'd, I'd have a change of plans, and I'd be like, "I'd put a call out and say, hey, guys, w- whatever.'" And these guys would be like, "Oh shit, yeah, man, if yeah, you're dude. here, come yeah. in." And so, like, you know, <laughs> I I'd, I'd end up there that night, sleeping on a the couch there, and they take me out, and we fucking. We shit and stuff like that and honestly you're right, like Drift is you very unique in that way. Yes, there's there's right. a lot of I think that the reason why Drift is unique is because it's so universal yet so tight.
2: Yeah. So like a soccer
1: player, if you're a soccer yeah. player and put a call out, yes yes, everyone in the world plays soccer, but, mm-hmm. but if you put a call out and be like, Hey I'm a soccer player da da, da and like, okay. Who yeah, f- okay,
2: cares? Yeah, who nice. gives a
1: shit? But the thing about <laughs> the thing about Drift is it's tight yeah. enough of a community, yes, spread right. enough that you can put a call out pretty much anywhere in the world and the local drift um, community will be like, oh, some drift dude from Australia's come over yeah. from fucking South Africa or whatever. Yeah. Fucking, let's show them a good time. Let's show them our steam. <laughs> and it doesn't matter right. who they are. they do not have to be a name. They not have to be anything like that. Just somebody from another, um, you know, we, we'd have people coming over to Australia and like, coming over for work or whatever. And they'd be like, dude, you're the only Australian I know. Um, you know, do you want to like, you know, can you show me around? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. So we just yeah. take them out. And yeah. all my mates would be, and I'd tell them, "Hey, dude, we got this guy coming from Southern Sarch," and they're like, "Oh, fuck yeah, let's get the cars, go on the hills or whatever, we'll take him out, <laughs> go sliding or whatever." Yeah. And drift is very unique in that kind of sense, like where yeah. you know, um, and so that's why I love it. Like it's yeah. it's great. But one
0: thing, one thing, one thing too is because, I I've, I, I, I do grip, I do. I, I started from drag racing, grip. I mean, drift is also. I mean, on, on is obviously been like the bulk of my thing here since I got to Japan because I was in the thing. Once I got out of the military, I kind of, I throttled back a little bit because I, I was, I'm living here now. So I don't have that rush to like, try to, you know, D1GP is what it is. I'm not, I you know, I'm kind of over that hype train and they're, yeah, they're, they're killing themselves. I don't have to talk about yeah, them. They're doing, yeah. they're doing, <laughs> they're doing enough themselves. So the thing about it, man, as far as drifters, man, is like, we've all, We've all, like, that struggle, man. Drifting is a destructive sport, and you don't last long in it if you're going to take good – I, and I say it because I don't get any drifters at my shop. I, I've been open four years. I haven't built – I haven't serviced a single drift car for an individual. It's been all street because I, I, I know that, so I'm not going to get angry at the drifters local because me too, I didn't go to another shop because if I did that, you will not last, last a year as a drifter every time you went to an event because you're breaking shit every event. And I think that's the one thing. I mean, you, you spend all week, you put an engine in there, you go to the track, you blow up on the first lap, you rinse and repeat. The strong ones survive. The guys are just doing it for a Tokyo Drift Fed. They don't last about two months mm. and they go away. And you got years in the game. I got years in the game. And it's like, eh, fuck it, man. Let's just, you know, park the car tonight, get to it tomorrow or get to it tonight and whatever. And it's like one thing worldwide, no matter where you go, uh, it's the same thing all the way around. And um, you, you did you see the show called... um. The Hyper... What is a hyper Hyperdrive? Hyper no, I and didn't.
1: I, I did... I, yeah. I heard about it, but I... Yeah. yeah,
0: I had a guy on... I had a guy from the, from the show in here, and uh there was different levels, different what income was his, levels, uh, but, I,
1: think I think... What was his name?
0: Uh, well, the guy I had on was a uh, guy called Tokyo, black guy. He oh, tried, yeah. Okay, yeah, drove, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to get the... Uh, try to get the uh feeling on his strutter. He did really well. He did really well. And he did really well. That event really helped his his business, but... Overall, man, I I got I talked to those guys in the back, and he's like, dude, everybody, th- these guys are from Germany. This this person from Africa. This guy from France, and they all because it, it was like a fucking drift event, but they just call a hyperdrive, but it's really a drift event. And all these guys are just being very helpful towards each other, and they never known each other, and loaning tools, loaning parts, loaning this, and uh, you don't see that in F1. You don't see that in Nat. What well, those? I guess that's different. That's I shouldn't compare that. That's a different.
1: Strategy. Yeah, I think I think um, I think the I think in drifting like that's common, and I think right. there's some other sport. There's some other like grip in mean, circuit stuff. Right. It, it, exists, well, but, it, but, it but it's yeah. not. It's not as common. It's just not as right. common. And I think um, I think it's because of that blend with, with drift. It's that blend of action sport and motorsport. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, some people consider it action sport. Some people consider it motorsport. Mm-hmm. But I think either way, even the motorsport guys that come in from other disciplines. I think they're still influenced and affected because that action sport thing. Because, like I said, you know, I come from, you know, um, skating, snowboarding, wakeboarding, BMX, all that stuff like that. Like from those cultures, it's all about helping the other people and right. getting each getting other pumped up and 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 working together and just and just being stoked for your mate. Right. And and that that passes in, even if it's a, you know, a full blown competition or whatever, there's too, there's too much influence from that stuff. I don't know about other places, but I know in Australia, like it's, you know, like 50, 60% of, of drifters, if not more, pre more come from BMX, well, uh, a smaller BMX, percentage yeah. skating and, you know, yeah. whatever, but like pretty much it, like most people come from that kind of thing. And so, so that influences enough that even at a competition level, um, it has some some level of influence and people are more kind of like oh yeah like everyone's trying to, you know thrash right. with each other and stuff like that yeah. And, and yeah you're trying to beat that person but or whatever yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you yeah, know yeah, yeah. if you lose and, and I think it's like I've seen different cultures but I know like South Australia's in a good place right now where mm-hmm. for the last you know we just didn't let that behavior when people let their egos get too big right. let that like that person would just get kicked out like they would just right. never be like fuck that person And it's a lonely place to be at a drift event if you don't have any friends, like, and and nobody wants to be a fucking mate because, because you're a dick because everyone else is being friendly with each other. And if you're that guy talking shit on everybody and saying, fuck you and just having a bad attitude about it, it's a lonely place to be in drift. (laughs) Well, that's
0: why, well, speaking of that is why, well, Two points, like the BMX thing, actually in the states is really big, very big as well. And uh, BMX, I, I didn't, I never did any organized events, but BMX, like well, we had, uh, we had the what we call them GT GT Diamondbacks, Mongooses. Yeah, they yeah. all got stolen where I'm from because I'm from the city. So if you had a mongoose or a, or a Diamondback, it was it was like gold. And yeah, yeah. if a drug did, once a drug dealer steals it from you, you're not <laughs> getting it back because you can't you can't call the cops to hey man that guy stole my bike because when you get it back from him, it's going to be some repercussions because you call the cops on yeah, him. Yeah, so I had I had mongooses I had diamondbacks I so so and we would ride out like 20, 30 guys do we ride out jump off of shit uh it, it was and that's so it's weird that you said so we got the BMX thing then for the uh, like I say the lonely part man. And that's actually why I stayed away from Ibiza, because you guys didn't fucking come back, dude. Like, you you guys stayed away. And I was I was looking forward to every time meeting with Stewie, fucking CeCe, all these guys, man. And, like, you guys, and Wayne, and all those dudes, man. And uh, you guys kind of, like, got your feel of it. And I, I know, the, I mean, I, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast. We all know, you know, Paul Rickles is there. And they it grew fast and things like that in management or whatever. It, it is what it is. Maybe I'll get annual here. We'll talk about it. But it was like, I think I would, the thing would, is,
1: is it, it had to change. Cause like when you just too big, it, when you get, when you get that scale, dude, it just becomes, yeah. it becomes so big. And so you have to be more a certain way. And right. that certain and way stayed, is something stayed, that I, stayed, I don't want to well, be a part of. Yeah, like, ugh, it stayed, it yeah. stayed,
0: uh, it stayed, what well, they grew in but it, the, the way they wanted to run it, they wanted to run it. How, like you say, 2009, like the, you can't run it that way no more because now you got all these people who come in here because they've seen you guys' story. They see you guys just share everything. Now, it's become kind of a thing where you take a jab at all the guys who want to go to Ibisu now because there's other guys in Hiroshima and Osaka that's got like little drift rings and things like that. But I will go to beat The last, the last two, well, the last one I actually had some guys there. The, the, I went twice. I was at fucking Ibisu by myself, dude, the whole event. Like, I was, it was because I would try to get with these guys and they would be, I'm like, I'm going to stay away from that because I got my own issues and I don't want to fucking blow up on these dudes and they're acting like tough guys, which are, they're not. So I'll stay away from those guys. And then the Japanese, they don't want nothing to do with gaijin because, like you said, they just feel, and they actually, a lot of, I don't know if you noticed, man, Japanese, the attendances is like went away. They don't, yeah. you know, they don't show yeah. up anymore because they don't yeah. want to be involved with it, man. So it's like. I'm like, man, I can't fucking be in a Matsuri and be by myself after experiencing being in a group with you guys, just hanging out, talking about bike girl, Alexi, you know, rolling around there where he's at. And yeah, man, it's just like fun times, man. And yeah. then like now it's like boring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. the thing is, is like, I always say to people like, cause I'm not trying to tell people not to go there.
0: Yeah. It's no, more, no, it's more
1: it's, like if you haven't been there before, then you, you got to sure do it at least once. You, you got to do it. But the thing yeah. is i think because the thing is we had such good experiences you yeah know, it's, it's it's not there's comparable no, there's, new, there's no new experiences there worth having like it's right. you know what i mean like it's <laughs> you know we, we had such good experiences yeah. we drifted all the tracks we've done you know some crazy shit but like yeah. to go back there now it's like all right well it's same tracks the, the same yeah, this but yeah. with less with with not the same vibe and yeah I, look i saw it when i went to that and, and i was like oh this is just a different it's a different yeah. place and um and yeah, and and look, it's it's our own destruction. It's not like it's has been a day, that's just that's just part of it. Right. Um, you know, you know, the only thing we the only thing we could have done is, you know, kept it a secret. But I think well, um, you know, what do you do? Being that I got
0: you in here, man, I know again, I know like you when it came down, you were one of the first people that posted it up and you were like slamming it when they uh bring it brought out the uh they try to clean it up. Missile by, break, by getting by getting rid of the uh the, yeah the missile yeah yeah so you are you are so, you, 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 you were tagged as like the leader of the cult so, <laughs> one, of
1: the, one of the most annoying one of the most annoying things about that whole uh thing and you would remember these guys but yeah. but when they when they were saying you know blaming you know white people for for these missiles and do, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, the yeah, japs do, yeah, yeah. the japs do this do this and Look, there's a lot of dudes out there that just tug no, off, you know, Japanese culture or whatever. But let, let, me put, let me put it this way, where I first really got inspiration. Now, a lot of people know my 32 as being a bit rough and whatever back in the day. Right. Um, but but realistically, it was just a few dents and scratches in the scheming thing. When I went to Everson the first time, which was, you know, yeah. So, there was, was 2010 spring. There was those guys down at Minami and mm-hmm. they were they're just hundred missile guys like and not like oh their cars are scrappy like they're taking the piss and like they would have this they had this whole section set up with spare parts and and, and, and everything and they were just going out there and they'd have all the exhaust and those the guys with the, the Yeah yeah the, I, remember the I remember those dudes, like yeah. they're taking the piss. And I looked right. and I thought, that's fucking awesome. Because they yeah. are, you know, they're not crashing into people or whatever, but they are taking the piss, you know, with how they modify yeah, their car.
0: And the coolers, like, in Yeah, the exactly. Shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. that was the one, yeah, I, I, I like remember. The guy, the guy with the, S- <laughs> the, the, the S13 with the, with the tray. Yeah. You know, with the tray on the back. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great. So I love that shit. <laughs> I absolutely love all that shit. And I thought it was like an expression. It's, it's like, you know, it, it's an expression separately there's a certain amount of creativity and, and everything involved in all that stuff like that so that's realistically where was. so anybody to say you know we went there and we started fucking shit up and whatever no bullshit mm. missiles were there before and not just people with practice cars no there were people with missiles taking the absolute piss there um i started with the jabs um now f- f- further from that yes like so i think you know one of the things is, is you know everyone kind of you know you know says oh you know Missiles are ruin the sport, you know. And, and so there's two. There was two. There was two main forks here. There was Ebisu, and then there was Driftland. They were the two heads of heads of things. Both, funnily enough, both them Scottish. Mm. Um, you had Andy and um, and and Jake. And look, you know, I obviously had a strong opinion. Uh, you know, I respect both these guys. Um, uh, st- still do, um, but I have my strong opinion against it. Now, there's two different things here. You know, like um, you know, they were kind of bouncing off each other with, with, um, with, you know, saying, you know, you know, justifying it. But there were two different things. Driftland was saying, you know, like it's a bad image. Like we're not, you know, people don't want to watch this. It's ruining the sport. Da da da. And that's fucking horseshit. Especially over there, man. They fucking love it. They love the bash, the bash cars. They love watching it, and it's great to watch. And at the end of the day, you can. You can sit there and say you can sit there and say um you know they ruin the sport but guess what i've drifted with both those guys when they you know uh when they had missiles i've drifted with both of them had a great time with them and they're both they both learned a lot with missiles and stuff like that and i think right. i think i think andy would you know happily say well you know what but you know I wasn't taking the piss and some of these cars that are you know, coming uh, are taking the piss, and so I try not to direct too much at Andy and 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 Jake because I think if you if you actually listen to their arguments, they're probably not as um, they're probably not the, the general feeling that was coming out of it was probably not exactly what Jeek and and um, and Andy was saying. A, a lot of the real anti-missile shit was coming was a lot less. They I mean they just didn't want missiles at all and i'm and they're agreeing with andy but saying no no missiles at all you should never have missiles and they're like well you're talking to two guys which have had missiles in their time okay maybe they mm. weren't the worst missiles or whatever but i don't think either jeek or or um or andy would would say that you know missiles or practice cars uh, battle cars whatever um did not play a role in 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 their driving and how good they got so mm. I guess the critical thing is, is is people sitting there and saying, "Well, it's a bad look for the sport." And and, and I guess the thing is is that you know what, that's what free markets about. If mm. if people don't like Your the choice. Missiles, choice, they're not going to come to those events. And you're going to make mm. it. A, I have nothing against uh, an event organizer saying no missiles. I've no not, if if that if, if they've decided they're going to make that choice, I have no problem with it. But the idea that we should ban all missiles because they're ruining the sport and making this thing, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but I actually got banned from a local track. Well, I didn't get banned, my car got banned from a local track very early on in the day. I earned the piece like 2010, 2011. There was a huge uproar because the track owner had come in um, and had said, um, and this wasn't even at his event, it was at a um, ADGP event, so externally run event. And he said, you can't bring this car here again. And I said, okay. And I respected this. I respected because it then it's still his track and whatever. And he said, you know, it's just not a good look for the sport. And I said, I said, feel free to tell me what you want at your track or not. This is a free world. Don't ever fucking lecture me on what's good, not good for the sport. Right. Because, <laughs> because as somebody, as somebody that whatever name I got was through people watching my videos and loving it. Right. The amount of people right. that would reach out to me and say, I love what you're doing. I wasn't, they said, I, I kind of liked, I liked drift, but I never found my, I couldn't find my spot in it because I just, I didn't want the flashy car. I just wanted to go out and right. drift. Right. And They said, you kind of gave me that ability to be like, all right, I can actually go out and do this. And I, and, and it and it opened up the channel to, to, to missiles to be okay for a while and for people to go out there and have these practice cars and not feel fucking, you know, um, absolutely grilled, like I was when I was a kid. When I started doing this, missiles weren't acceptable. Mm. And so I got grilled like crazy, man. And everyone would give me so much fucking shit. And so I had to go through that whole process and realize, well, do I just stop doing this or and do what everybody else in the, in, in the drift scene wants, or do I just keep doing it? Because I, I, in my head, I'm like, I'm not doing anything wrong here. I'm not crashing anybody. Yeah. I'm doing my own thing. The only people I'll drive like pretty crazy with are other guys that like, you know, are my friends or whatever. And, and they let me, you know, drive like that or whatever. So what happened is over time, you know, you know, the videos go out, people start liking this stuff. And all of a sudden this this kind of trend comes along where all of a sudden people feel like they can actually have these practice cars. And yeah. then we get a whole bunch Dude, of people in this. Your
0: video, your video blew my track up, man. MSP, I got here in 2008. Uh, there was like six cars in a whole lot. Flat, flash forward to like 2010, 2000, like 12. the whole thing, man. It's like every every guy there has two and three practice cars. Mm. They, yeah. they like break them. They, put them, dude, it's it's packed. There's at least 200 some cars there, and they're all like, yeah. they are pretty battered. So. Yeah, and my theory is,
1: dude, more people driving. At the end of the day, I think I think people people look at drift and be like, they have this idea about what it should look like. Right and and uh, in my, my opinion, all drift should be is an outlet for people to enjoy themselves and express right. themselves in whatever way is possible. So I don't say no to style guys. I don't say no to comp comp. I don't demo guys, YouTube guys, missile guys. I don't say to any of those guys if unless they're affecting other people. You know, if they're crashing to other people, if they're being dickheads, and you know, right. that's never what missiling was about. It was yeah. it was. Um, it was always about going out there and thrashing. And if you've got mates that want to get really aggressive and you guys really want to uh, nudge each other around, then so be it. You guys make that cool. But it was never about doing that. And, and as far as I'm concerned, dude, I think the problem is is that it's people from other sectors of drift sitting there and saying, this is what drift is about. And of course, and they're a, going to think, the, yeah, the pretty drift, boys, is, drift, yeah. Is, drift yeah. is about what I'm doing in drift. And then right. and not accepting that there's anything else. And then when they see another part of drift, Taking off and doing well and, and and getting a bit of kind of hype or whatever, they're like, no, 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 that hype should be for this because this is what. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Case point. Let me put this way: no one yeah. <laughs> went drift for a while, nobody was really caring that much because even the guys that would give me shit about it, that I would get teased it. they didn't really care. They would post up about it or anything like that. It was only when drift started getting, um, getting like people, would, other people would compliment. Um, either me or other missile stuff. That's the only time when any, when all this anti-missile sentiment came in. When it became yeah. popular, because people were like, "Oh no, no, no! Hang on, hang on! No, that's no, that that's not what that's not what's meant to be cool. The, yeah, the yeah. cool <laughs> thing is meant to be what I'm doing. It's yeah. this, that's what I, it's what I'm doing. Yeah, and it is, it is, you and, nailed uh, it, man. Exactly. And so this idea <laughs> of it's oh, it's a bad image for the sport. What's a bad image for the sport? If you've got people, you've got people that are driving and are participating in the sport. How is that a bad thing? How is that a bad mm. thing in any, anything? like so I think that's that's this misconception about um, you know like you know it, you, you should be allowed to you should be allowed to do whatever you're doing unless you know thing. And I think if you're having a competition where you've got a strict code and you want the presentation to be a certain way, not a problem, don't have an issue that's right. free world. Um, you, you can do that but I, I think this idea of people going out there and saying missiles shouldn't exist in the sport or people that say other people people say oh you're allowed to have a missile but you have to have a nice car as well and i'm sitting there like what fucking yeah, what, what,
0: like you're gonna try both at the same time yeah but but i think it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like... I, I think it's just a <laughs> kind of thing where it's like well you have a nice car but you, you know this is your practice car to do the other one I'm like why why can't yeah. you why can't you just be like this is what i enjoy out of drift i enjoy being yeah. able to go out there drive and not worry about my car. That's that's the that's everything I want in drift.
0: That's, that's the point of a missile. Man. Exactly. That's the try shitting the try a car that that you don't necessarily want to put your your main car at risk because you know it's exp- you're, what you're yeah. doing. You're you're trying to do a fucking backy into Monami Wall. Like yeah, that's probably not going to work out, right? You know. Yeah, what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, and the thing is, there's <laughs> a lot of
1: people that I never like. I never really feel the need to have a nice car to put my skills into. A lot of people right. are like, and, and dude, I could have done it for a long time. I didn't need a nice car to. to to apply my skill to. I just enjoyed going out there and driving with my mates in other battle cars or missiles or whatever. I could do that. Mm. I could do that for the rest of my life. And if that's all I did, I don't need to be like, okay, I've learned all that now. Now I'm going to go put it in a nice car. I just don't need that. Yeah, Like like, I I, I do enjoy doing that sometimes. Like I, you know, I have nice car to go out there and stuff like that. But I I don't like if I could just do the other one. And and a lot of people just don't have that. They don't have that need to be like, I need a pretty car too. They just don't need it. And I, there's yeah, nothing against people that do yeah. want it as well. But, but you shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be like, you can only have a missile if you have a pretty car too. Makes no sense right. to me. Like you, in, yeah. in the States, in
0: the States, they, uh, it was right around that time that that article came out. There was this t- this change. You probably seen too, where they started having like the, uh, these, these events. And it was this one event and I've seen some shit with it recently with, they're like, Hey man, if your, your car, they were like forcing guys that, like, Hey, your car has to be all the same color. It has to be one color. And then they had the team stuff. All your guys had to be the same color. Then it became like this fucking prestigious, elitist group of drifters that weren't fucking really even going hard. Maybe one or two guys out of like the whole event. And they, I'm like, dude, like you guys are like half ass driving. And then you're like going around town saying your car is a baddest drift car. And Luke uh, made a, a point the other day where those same fucking guys would be like, hey, man, my SR20s are running good for nine seasons when they do three events in nine seasons. And they fucking did two laps. And came back yeah. in it pits but I think the thing is for me, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like
1: it's for me it's like do your thing. Yeah. If that's what you if that is yeah. what they want to do, if that's what they get out of drift, not a problem. My issue is when they fucking are like, Oh, you can't Push do you. this other thing. Yeah. Right. And 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 I'm and I'm like, Don't criticize what I'm doing. I'm not gonna criticize what they're doing. You know like i i know a bunch of dudes with style cars and i love their their shit and and obviously my preference is something like you know the animal style dudes because they have the cars um but they also push hard but that's just my preference i don't sit there and i don't sit there and say that you know you can't just have a pretty car and not drive hard i'm you know that's fine not a problem Mm. um if that's what if that's what you get out of drift that's what you enjoy um all good man um, and I'd rather that than be like that, than pretend to be like you know whatever. I'd rather than just enjoy it, not feel bad for enjoying it. Um, but just accepting that there's other going to be other people with missiles. You're, not, you're probably not going to like it, but that's fine. Like you know, that's the best part of drift There's such diversity. Like if everyone was chasing the same fucking thing, no one would like it. You know, all these style guys. You know, if 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 they're hating on on missile guys. You know, they're probably like, fuck these missiles. They shouldn't have all these cars. I guarantee you, they're the same people that if those missile guys all got style cars, they'd be like, oh, these fucking, you know, dudes just getting into it because it's yeah. cool or whatever. It's like, because yeah. <laughs> the fact is, is that it doesn't matter if you're a style guy, missile guy, comp guy, they all talk shit on each other. Yeah. Uh, and, but the, the ones that talk shit on each other are not legit because they're normally the hype guys because yeah. they just follow the trends and, right. and it
0: got, the guys are about well, they're busy. They're, they're busy fixing their shit that they broke yep. the last round to get back out there for the next, the next, next Dude, event.
1: Nobody, nobody that's legit and is in it for pure reasons is sitting there talking shit and other things. Nah. So you, every time you see someone that's sitting there talking shit about you know style of drift, <laughs> you can just dismiss their, what they're saying because you're like, oh, that's yeah. just that's just a person that that doesn't really have any pure intentions in this sport. Because yeah. every person I respect. On a personal level, uh, as as a per- like you know, as uh, as, a, as a drifter and as a person, none of them fucking complain about those styles. None right. of them complain about. It. They might say that's not my that's not my preference, but they're mm-hmm. not sitting there saying that should be banned. You know, everybody that's sitting there saying all the style should be banned, whether they're old dudes saying that fucking style guys are retards because they don't drive or whatever. W- whatever you're doing, they're not in it for legit reasons, and so they just right. don't get respect. And when you don't have respect, your opinion doesn't matter. So it's right. pretty easy just to dismiss and be like, all right, cool, you can fucking talk all the shit you want, but in yeah. a day get-
0: when your opinion doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of it's kind of again to bring out the BMX uh, correlation. You have a BMX bikes. You got the the guys who do you know vert ramp. You got the guys who do dirt. You got the guys who do flatland and other sh- you know they got the guys who fucking race BMX. But they're all at the end of the day they're all on BMX bikes. They're all on the same yeah. well, maybe they got a, a bigger a stronger back wheel for dirt jumping and maybe they got uh wider pegs for the the flat the flat ground guys and stuff like that but they're all still in a BMX realm and then drifting is kind of like i guess because it's uh you know it's only it's one goal which is again getting sideways staying sideways and you know maneuvering the course they just can't separate that a guy can get sideways, stay sideways, maneuver the course with a clean car or do the same thing with a missile car or a fucking JGTC car or whatever that thing be. So like you said, you nailed it, man. Uh, guys are in this thing and they're making subcultures with, within something that's already overall. It don't matter what fucking kind of drifter you are. When you, you talk to a drag racer, they call us all stupid because we're burning tires up or you talk to a grip guy, autocross guy. Like, why are you guys wasting these fucking tires? They cost $200 a pop or 100 whatever dollars a pop. And, and you got s- suspension and all this stuff. So on the outside looking in, they're all looking down on us. And then inside yeah. of our own culture, you're like, making divisions where it should be coming together yeah. so yeah, yeah. that's how it should be man that's the
1: thing is we are like we do have like drifting we are kind of looked down upon by a lot of sports and the <laughs> yeah. fact that the fact that <laughs> well, you we're mentioned in, it like
0: what the fuck is drifting
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and so <laughs> like the last thing we should be doing is having that inviting you know yeah. the last thing we should be doing but you know it's just it's just one of those things but um yeah i don't know i i, I just um I just think, you know, at the end of the day, there are, there are bad people in everything. You know, there are yeah, there are missile dudes, yeah. there are missile dudes that are that are just being dicks and just deliberately smashing their cars or and whatever, and then hanging shit on other guys or whatever. There's style dudes that are whatever, but you know what, dude? Like, when it was all going down with it all, I knew it was coming. Like, because if you look at any, mm. if you look at any of this shit, what happens is something becomes popular. Um, it was More so not, come on. More people get on and then what happens is the people you're attracting when things get. So in the initial days, you're seeing a lot of people that like, are like, oh, this is cool. I wouldn't mind giving this a shot and feeling like enabled that they can do it. And then it become gets to a level where it's just people that are doing it just for hype. You know, mm-hmm. missiles got to that point where it's like a lot of people that were getting missile cars, which is doing it because it was, it was a trend. It was a hype. But yeah. you know what? When you get to that, then what happens? Everyone starts shooting on them. Everyone starts shitting on it. And so all, when it all's happened, I'm like, let's just wait it out, ride the wave, because yeah. I guarantee in a few years, those hype dudes are going to leave um, missile stuff. They'll move on to the next Trend in Drift or the next – they'll probably get out of Drift and go to something else, which is which is trendy or whatever. And then by the time that happens, it'll settle down and people will be accepting of, of missiles yeah. again. I mean, not everybody will always be accepting, but like it was yeah. saturation point because we had so many people rocking up to events that didn't really uh, – they, they – they didn't really appreciate what, you know, missile, whatever they, they were rocking up and just having bad attitudes. And and then realistically in the early days, nobody with missiles had bad attitudes because you had to be, you had to be humble because you realize you're in a minority. Most people were kind of iffy about what you were doing. And the thing is, is, you knew that nothing you nobody really liked what you were doing, so you, you couldn't be like you couldn't be there for the wrong reasons. You had to be a fairly yeah. chilled person that just liked the thrash, um, yeah. because. But then, obviously, when it got so popular, there were so many people in, in missiles that were literally just there for the hype, and yeah, obviously they, you are going to get these tickets. <laughs> yeah, but they're just going to yeah. just. It's you know, it's, it's just, yeah. You, yeah. Another thing, too, is the
0: guys who were called, I, I noticed a little trend for a little while, the guys who were called their dailies missiles, like, nah, dude, you just got a shitty car, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's yeah. not a missile, yeah. dude. That's just a, a shitty road car with tags yeah. on an insurance. Oh, I saw a few <laughs> of that. In there.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a few of that, and I'm like, oh, it's a missile. And then I'm like, oh, like, it's like okay. But, yeah, it's like, I guess, if that's what you want yeah. call it. But it's like, it's, that's yeah. what I knew, that's what I knew because, like, Back in the old days, you would resist calling your car a missile. Like, oh no, it's not yeah. a missile. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll do this. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. was like it was not. It was not cool. And now you got people that are like using cars that are clearly not. Like we would never have thought about doing that. Like implying that your car was that. If you called your car a missile back in the day, people would like and you know give you shit. Whereas these guys are using it as a thing to look cool it's a time we're doing it yeah it's fucking turned since uh since it all fucking started so yeah. but you know like i said you, it's just gonna happen in cycles i knew it was just gonna fade off and we're back in a place now like so drift land as i was talking about before um they stopped running missiles and now they're running missiles again you know they're having these bash events again and they are they were successful hugely successful, amazing events. I was over the one I was at over before had um you know, Jack and Connor Shanahan yeah. um, and a few of the other Irish dudes and some other, you know, um decent guys, fucking awesome event. Um but yeah, like, like it's it's come back now and people are kind of accepting it now and you know, it's good, but you know, you gotta you just gotta ride that wave of of hype then fucking then just getting shit on for a while, but you know, mm-hmm. let's be honest, like people were like, oh, you know, what's it like, you know, because like, you know, you, it was so much support for, and then it, like everyone started, ranging on this, I was like, mate, it's fucking nothing, try being fucking, you know, 18 years old, and having everybody in drift, telling you you're a fucking retard, because we can do it, <laughs> this is yeah. easy, this is a breeze compared to that, yeah. you know, like yeah. at least, at least you've got some people on your team, back then I had nobody on my team, yeah, uh, and, and people you respected were calling you, like, you know, a shit driver that just crashed into, stuff and you yeah. know put your shit box back together and fix it up and all that, stuff like that so like now if you deal with that when you're 18 when you're like you know when you're when you're well established and you got other people that have got missiles and it's whatever it's not a problem you know <laughs> I'm not, I was like it just ride this wave and we'll be good soon and that's where we're at right now you know I think everyone's everyone's back on board but you just gotta accept it so yeah, it's all good, man. But hey, man,
0: hey, man, I just looked at my clock, man. We, It's like we were talking, man. It's like we got two, we got, we had uh, about two hours and 51 minutes, man. So yeah. you did as yep. much. Hey, I'm definitely going to have you back on, man, because this, this is like way too much to even get in one episode without, you know, most people on YouTube, man, the analytics, they only hang around for like 15 minutes. So I clip it up and put it out there. But I think people are received this well, man, because again, everybody out there knows, you, everybody in the scene, who's been in this scene more than 10 years, knows Stewie is, man. So there, that's why we got it right into it. There was no introduction
1: because yeah, everybody fucking knows you. I didn't even yeah. get into any, yeah. any real good stories. I got some fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a lot. We got too. a lot, man. So, we'll, yeah.
0: we'll definitely talk again. And I, I look forward to coming. Um, uh, Obviously, you know, the 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 corona stuff is, you know, it, it's done what it does to the business. So the money is is tight. And then also, like, you know, I got to get everything in order because I was planning on coming over there. I, I never been to Australia before. Mm. And I, I wanted to come over there and, you know, see how hot it is and feel the weather and feel the climate and see how, you know, it feels like Iraq or Kuwait or whatever. Because that's the hottest places I've been to on the globe. Uh, yeah. The, uh- yeah. It, it totally depends on
1: where you come. Like <laughs> yeah. Adelaide's, Adelaide's more of that, that dry, that dry yeah. heat. But, um, yeah, yeah we, I, I've you know put the – I don't know if you saw, but I floated the idea of doing a drift week here. And um, mm. and I think if nothing else, it's, it's a perfect opportunity for, for guys from, you know, overseas that want to come over just for a, for a few weeks they can actually mm. go see everything because you know obviously in australia everything's so far apart so yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah. at
1: least that would give them the opportunity to, to be able to do a bunch of and see a bunch of tracks because australia does on i mean we are probably the what, one of the luckiest countries as far as go. I mean we've got you know uh, at least three dedicated drift tracks plus a few other yeah, you know, we, didn't,
0: we, we didn't even talk about the bend man and the, the uh you know that the and that was I mean you had a you had a good a good amount of uh, that's the Ben is the new the newest one, right? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. yeah. yeah so that, yeah. that I mean I remember I remember you showing me pit it's like you show pictures of like this through land and then you show pictures of a dirt outline and then they were yeah, yeah, yeah. so like you've been involved heavily with that man and uh and that yeah. that was definitely an awesome thing to get done there. And uh, it went it seemed like there was a point in Australia where they were uh, I remember I remember seeing Pickering on fucking speed T V uh, and he, I think, I don't, know, I'm not sure if it was New Zealand or Australian drift, uh, but it, I remember seeing P- Pickering in like I believe an S13 or S14, and this was way back when, man. And then I met him at, uh, at BCU, and I'm like, this fucking guy looks familiar, and he was like, you know, younger and slimmer then, and
1: Oh, it could have been, um, could have been uh, the, the D1 FD mashup in, um, yeah. in Burwooddale because they. Um, no, no, they- no. This
0: was this was this was in this was in either Australia oh, okay. or New yeah, Zealand. SP, yeah,
1: Speedway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, been been yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was definitely there because everybody was fucking Australia, so it looked like fucking G1 GP. So it's like so that was an interesting time. <laughs> yeah. That was that
1: was back in the DA days or just Australia or full lock yeah, days. Yeah, it was. That was, it was an interesting time, I and mean, we had our yeah. Robbie Bolger who like he had like a thousand horsepower Monaro or uh, Pontiac GTR essentially. Yeah, and uh, he would he would go out there on on racing slicks like wet wet racing slicks, and he'd go out there, and um, it was just a comic like comical like he he would the, the guy in front of him he would let get probably 10 car lengths i'm not even kidding 10, 10 car lengths 10 car lengths mm-hmm. and then he'd um draw draw back up on to the, through the run and he'd yeah. finish he'd finish near them and that was considered <laughs> good. Back then. i mean yeah we look back at we look back at it now it was just it was hilarious what was what was considered good back there in, in, and yeah. in, in, in jiff but
0: plus yeah like guys like buying even back then like, you, like, i could see I, I wasn't hip on it but you could see guys who had they had money in other motorsports or whatever their yeah. business was, and they would buy their way in. And I'm like, yeah. dude, that guy doesn't look really better than this dude. And he's – It's, it's still fuck? kind of like yeah. it now, man. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and it
1: comes back to that thing about the, the missile thing. Like as a lot of people yeah. were saying, or always would say, well, you know, missile is such a bad look for the sport. And I said, to be honest, man, drifting at a drifting at the top level is a bad look for our sport yeah. because most, it, it, those it yeah. most of those guys are pay-to-play. They're not good drivers. And I said, honestly, dude, most of the competitions I watch at a top level around the world, Australia, whatever, I'm fucking embarrassed for my sport because mm. the, the level of driving is is horrendously low, lower than it should be. You've got a few good guys at the top. FD is pretty good, you know, like is it, it's you know it's, it's at that level. But, dude, so many top level competitions around the world are pay to play. And you've got all these mm. guys in there that, you know, just have no business being anywhere near – um, the, uh, that kind of level of competition but because I've got the money to, to spend to get into that position because I've got the the card to compete they're in there but the driver, and, 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 the driver you, don't can't, you can't hide yeah. it they're shocking yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah it doesn't lie man it's and, kind of like and, and, one and of the things you, yeah go ahead
1: I was going to say like, the fact is is that the fact that I can go to local club level competitions and watch much better driving than what's on mm. TV I mean it's just a fucking shame but the, the problem is is that we literally have Better drivers at a local level um, often than we do at a national level because at a local level it's it's open to anybody and then what happens is the best drivers float to the top to the top because because the, the required criteria doesn't require you to have a certain level of car mm. you know so the, the the good drivers float to the top whereas in these other divisions um, just quite simply you've just it's like most of the people in there just because they can afford it. And so you're mm-hmm. not having the good drivers float to the top. You're just having the money float to the top. And then exactly. within the division, you normally have the good drivers taking out the wins. But then the rest of the field is just horrible to watch. The rest of the field is pretty much
0: the rest of the field. And I knew as I was one of those guys, the rest of the field is pretty much padding that uh, that, that check for the top three guys. So yeah. the, the, your entry fees is paying for the event, paying for that. And I did it for, I did it for three and a half years uh, in D1, I did the D1 division. was about three and a half, almost four years. I didn't get a sing- one single point. Uh, I blame, you know, it was you know partially driving skill, not having enough seat time, driving my car daily. Uh, you know, it's this it wasn't a good thing. I'm in a better place now where I have a shop. I got trucks. I I can afford to get alignment. I can afford better tires. And so when I know when I when I come back, eventually I'll have a better results because I don't have like all the and I was military too. That's one thing that. A lot of guys don't realize, man, I still did more than the average guy being military because I had this obligation of being military. I've been in Iraq mm-hmm. and all this crap before I could even get to drifting, which would be like, you know, have me up at 5 o'clock in the morning fixing my car. Then I got to report to work at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep for two days because I was getting the engine built, replacing it. And then, you know, so a lot of guys didn't see that, too. And I'm not, not making excuses. Um, I I took my first trailer car to the event, to my first pro event was King of... Uh, King of Asia and got my pro fucking license, man, and one one attempt. One attempt. And he was pretty much like, Yeah, you're gonna trial here and if you I made top sixteen and that's how I got my my pro license and that. But again, it, it didn't feel as glamorous as I thought it was. And then I still can't fucking do D one or F D because they don't recognize it because of the politics. Mm. KT Suchia was there. They didn't really you know the whole deal with Suchia and how he got beefed with like everybody or they beefed with him. Uh, so I was I drove in King of Asia you know, I'm thinking this is a good thing. I come back to my local track and people don't even fucking talk to me, dude. Like seriously, because yeah. I was with, because I took a picture with fucking Suchia, who has a thing with Team Orange, and I, we, man, you guys know this stuff out there. It's no secrets. And because it's... that, they assume I was sleeping with fucking Suchia. and I'm like, dude, I'll talk to you. Whoever I want to talk to. This guy got myself yeah. and many other dudes involved in drifting. Who, the, who are the guys that you guys look up to? And how, how can you from some rumor? Like, you know, black, blackball a guy because he's making money. And that's what the big thing is. He's making money in the name of Drift or whatever he does. And they don't like that. And there's a bunch of other shit behind the scenes maybe I don't know about. But
1: I think w- the thing is, is like, like I've, I've been involved with a lot of, um, you know, seen a lot of Japanese competitions, stuff yeah. like that. And it never feels like it's like it, that, that they seem to be going along the same structure as well. So, um, that they've been using for many, many years as well. So, like you, it's the, the structures we. And I'll go into it more, like at, you know, the time when we talk about the bend and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with competition, stuff like that. But one thing I've I've been doing over the years is when I run events, new um, competitions, stuff like that, is the structure I find is, is so important. And so, criteria, layout, structure of the event. These are all so critical um, in in m- making the good driving float to the top. Um, because just you know, shitty structure can just make such yeah. a big difference and make it so hard for anybody that's a good driver but doesn't have this or that or whatever. Um, but also making it you know entertaining to watch. But mm. but yeah, like I mean, it's it's hard. A lot of these Japanese competitions, I watch them and I think like besides the fact they're so boring to watch, yeah. I look at them and I just think they're just so suited to particular drivers and to certain styles um, that that doesn't really. Um, incentivize people to you know push a little bit harder to to do this to do that to to drive a certain way and it's just like yeah. i think the problem yeah. is they are very stuck in their ways but i mean i personally couldn't see myself doing it like i would do it for, for shits and gigs but I, I i haven't seen any japanese competitions recently where i could i could i could see myself really really getting into it and i'd lo- love to show some of the stuff we do in australia with, with competitions because um there's a lot of really cool different um you know formats and stuff that are coming out of australia to really mean that like you know if you've got the skill man you can you can float to that top and Mm -hmm. you'll be you'll put on a show doing it as well because we're you know so um but yeah no let's get into that let's get into another time i really really like to talk to you about like that'll come together with the bend (laughs) and the events we're running there we'll we'll get into that
0: Definitely, man. Like again, man. Thanks for taking all the time and, uh, no worries, you know, and being on the podcast. We'll definitely link up. It's been good to talk to you. Because you say it's, it's been, good to it's talk been to about you. Yeah, and just, that's what I, I just want to catch up because a lot of people yeah, when, yeah. I, when I ask them, they go, oh, you I'm like, "Nah, my podcast and I interview because those are like you say it's, just, it's awkward. It's just like it, when it flows, it's naturally, and also people mm-hmm. out there receive it better when it's a real, genuine conversation that we just had. Uh, pretty much in front of the public and everything so yeah, yeah man it's good to go I'll, I'll uh i'll keep you up to brush with my schedule if this falls off and i recoup some of this money maybe i'll have i'll send my family away and um i'll come over there because i'm not bringing a fan i got three kids and a wife yeah yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's too much man so i'll come over <laughs> there by myself and and, and uh, hang out with you guys and get a car and everything so again man thanks for, uh stopping by uh if you got in send me your um Uh, I'll put it at the bottom, man, because it's at the tail end. Uh, Your, you know, your web pages, your Instagram, all your, all your social media links. Yep. And I'll uh, and I'll get those up for you for the guys to see again. So guys out there, again, uh, for the, I mean, we probably gonna do it, you know, sometime in the future. If you got any questions for. Stewie, of course, you can hit him up. and I'll put his link, information down there if you're interested in his products. Um, as far as any uh, questions for me on the podcast, again, podcast at pinglestar.com And that way you'll be able to ask any questions you want to ask, any topics or any other questions that you want me to get to Stewie. And I uh, will do that, man. So, guy, guys out there, thanks for tuning in for this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. And it'll be also you're gonna also load it up on your your YouTube as well.
1: Yeah, I will. I'll do it after. Okay. I'll do it after yours, but uh, right, I'll cool. check them But we'll try. We'll, right. we'll just basically awesome. process, uh, some um, cross this cross promotion, process.
0: man. It's the best, yeah. man. It's the, it's the best thing out there, man. So I like networking and all that stuff. So again, guys out there, thanks for, for tuning in. If you made it this far, awesome. Thanks for the support. And uh, there'll be more. This is just getting started. This is going to be like episode number forty. This is going to be number 48 when it comes out. So, I mean, it's 48 episodes from number one. When I started, it was like, you know, looking like 360p kind of. And now, you know, we got full HD and things like that. So, it's moving along. Uh, we got the studio here, so they'll be coming more. And then I got I got more buddies outside of Japan. So, it's nothing against the guys that are here. But I just got, like say, Stewie and all these guys on different continents that I got. I want to get my, in the first 100 episodes, I want to get my my circle of guys and put their stuff out there, connect back with them because there's been years since we talked. I can probably hook up
1: and, some Australian guys as oh, well. Oh, for sure, man. Definitely, man. I, definitely, I can get, sure. I can get the setup. I'll, I'll use
0: yeah, my setup because a, a
1: lot of them won't have it themselves. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Definitely be interested in that and uh, getting to know those guys, man. So, again, Stewie, thanks for stopping in. Guys up nice. there, thank, thank you for joining, and I'll see you guys later. It's going to be Donald signing off from South Japan, and Stewie from uh, South, Ad- South Adelaide, South- correct? Yeah, Adelaide, South- Australia. Uh, South Australia. So see you guys later. Be safe out there. Don't get Corona. <laughs> yeah.